Hello, strangers on the internet, rising to the occasion by doing your thang on the catwalk. Welcome to Nitwick, the podcast about friends and video games. The doors are closing, my friends. Another year has passed, and it's time to sit back, reflect, and look towards the future. What wowed us this year? What terrified us? And what was somewhere in between? Hi, my name's Drew Fasciano, and a fun fact, my New Year's resolution this year is to watch less reviews before I see things and just enjoy things free of the hype, because the discourse is annoying. That's a good one. I, I, I should do that more often. Um, but I like, I like reviews too much. You know, I, I, I like the idea of like hearing like maybe like one kind of generalist review, because mm. like... Reviews are the reason I didn't play, like, a particular game this year, and I'm mm. very happy that those reviews came in and said that. Like, mm. that's kind of how I feel on it. I mean, I I do not mean to, like, dissuade anyone from doing their research. I just know that I've gotten to a point in some cases where I've been seeing more reviews of a thing without actually getting invested in the thing, and I'm kind of tired of that. Oh, I, just, I, I see, yeah. I want to make sure that, that's, like, I don't buy into one. that, you know? Um, but yeah, that's me. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure others have resolutions as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. I have not only a resolution, I have a name. Hmm. Hey, everybody. My name is Adam. Uh, and my resolution for 2020 is probably the same one that I tried to do a little bit more, which was to beat more of the games in my back catalog. I actually did a pretty good, like, better than I thought this year. Hmm. Um, as opposed to, like, the two games a year, I actually beat, like, six games this year, and I felt pretty good about that. Uh, but just trying to make sure I, I'm actually playing the games I'm picking up or, you know, making sure I give it a good try before I bounce off of it. Always uh, good. Always yeah, good. That'll, that'll be my uh, resolution. We'll see how I do. Mm, yeah. I wish you the best of luck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think just... And hello, everyone. My name is Zach. Oh, thank God I know. my resolution... <laughs> I was lost. <laughs> I didn't know who this person was for the longest time. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, well, that was something. It was right. just, it's um, awkward, anyways, you know, so my... like you see each other every day, but you don't quite get the name. It's like, uh, hey, what's up? It's like, okay. oh, hey, dude. Yeah. What's so, your resolution, Zach? My New Year's resolution, I guess it's just to play more games. I didn't play a lot of games this year, at least mm. not to my memory. Mm. There's only two that I can really remember playing all the way through, and it's from like the back half of the year. Hmm. That's fair, yeah. yeah. Maybe some of the games weren't a, didn't leave as big as an impression as you thought it would. Yeah, I, maybe. You know, I'll I'll be honest. I've said this to many. I said this during our setup. 2019 is the longest decade I've ever lived through. <laughs> oh, I mean, okay, listen. I'm pretty sure this is exactly what we said about 2018 when 2018 was coming to a close. Having just re-listened to it, yes, that is exactly what we said. Yeah, like every year feels long when you're taking it in review. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Drinking it all in. Well, listeners, this is the episode where we look back and look to the future on basically just a year in gaming. And to help us do that, we have not just Adam, but time traveling Adam, who has done the good diligence of looking at our previous episode, looking at our resolutions from the past, and looking at what we were excited for in the future. Time traveler Adam, what can you tell us about what we thought in the past? Well, having now traveled back to the past to see. <laughs> I, I've collected all of these things, oh. and I've collected our resolutions from last year, and I've also collected the games that we were stoked for, and I have them here listed. So I, we thought it'd be fun to kind of do what we did last year of go through these and give our kind of impressions. So I'll start with the resolutions. Mm. So Drew. Yes, Adam. The Drew of the past had this resolution. 
uh, Drew's 2019 resolution was to use calendars more often. Did he ever get his Mayan calendar to help him etch the stars and all of his schedules? Well, Adam, I may not have gotten a Mayan calendar, but I did have a Celtic one that served me quite well this mm. year. And That's pretty baller. I incorpor- I, that is pretty cool, actually, I, yeah. I really like it. I, I got it off Amazon. I was like, damn, this is like, like every month was just a cool new design. And I've been integrating mm-hmm. uh, Google into my planning a little bit more as well. And, uh, you know, get my calendar set up there. So I can say that I did it. I I did the that, thing that I does wanted sound like to did. do. <laughs> I did. I am proud. Yeah, it, you know what? It's surprising how much keeping things like scheduled and like a good calendar will help you kind of yeah. media everything out. So you kind of know what's coming up. It has been a fantastic addition to my life. Like it has like, it's a, such a simple thing to do, but it like just helps me plan things better. And it just makes t- mm. more time happen as a result. So yeah. Yeah. Happy with that so, one. So my resolution of the past was to try to stay more on top of things. Hmm. Uh, I didn't really give concrete examples. So my results are a eh i i think i stayed <laughs> on top of things i tried you know i tried to make sure i was replying to stuff like messages more uh you know quicker and trying to make sure i was just more on top of yeah just more on top of stuff so i i give myself a solid maybe okay a solid a solid, maybe. A solid i think i did something <laughs> listen like i heard i was listening to it and i was thinking like I think I did do that. And then all of a sudden I thought of, oh my God, think of all the things I haven't done yet and I've still been putting off. Oh no. I think you left it open-ended enough yeah. so that you can either be right or wrong, no matter what you did. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and Zach, okay. we have a your 2019 resolution. I got a I got a one? Uh no, your your resolution going into 2019. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so to, again to preface this, these are all the things going into 2019. Okay. Yep. Zach your resolution you had two. Oh boy you said you didn't want to let anxiety stop you from doing things how do you think you did oh gods oh man oh <laughs> you, you don't have to get too personal on that if this is more personal thing, do you feel like you um so were able to i overcome that a bit more just or to, to go over like the quickest overview of it ever um i i had like a year of anxiety plus me worrying about medical stuff that i mm-hmm. i called medical hell yep um and it's something that was like a constant theme throughout um 2019 uh, 2018 mm-hmm. um yeah i remember that you and i would <laughs> have pretty long chats about that every once in a while yeah 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 so uh i actually came out on the other side of that so that worked <laughs> like i Congrats. did that is a resounding success for Zach on his yeah, 2019 no. resolution. When did it, like, it was, like, I it was in, like, September that I finally, like, it's finally started getting a handle on things. It was, yeah, it was bad. Now, you did have a second resolution. Zach's okay. never one to, if you ask for one, he'll give you two. Zach, your second resolution, and I quote, was to play and complete and stream Deadly premonition. I know. Oh God! It's Zach, such a how did you do? <laughs> the game fucking crashed at the same point over and over and over again. And I said, oh, "I'll get to it later." And I just never got back to it. Oh man, I need to. So, I need to play that game and stream. What it. was your? So what was your experience like streaming that game? It, it just it kept crashing at the same point. Yeah, like um, 
basically, I got to the second level. I got to the end of the second level. I got to the boss of the second level. I beat the boss, and then it would crash, cutting to the next cutscene. Oof. And so, like, I could reload and keep playing that same segment over and over and over again, but, like, I just could not fucking kill... Like, I couldn't get through that cutscene. I, I, I remember actually trying to watch one of your streams, um one time for deadly premonition and i remember it was like hey guys i'm gonna be streaming in like five minutes okay and then like 10 minutes later i come on and like uh say hey streams canceled i can't finish i can't figure out what to do and it's like well yeah that was that was the thing like it was just a lot of like it just crashed over and over and over again and i just had so many problems getting the game to work properly if anybody knows how to get deadly premonition to work on pc i would overjoyed to fucking get help with that but but like and i and i was getting help from like a friend of mine but it was just a matter of like i don't know i I might have to uh change some of the i like made some modifications to make the game run a little bit better and then i added Mm -hmm. in some add-ons for funsies but i think what i could do is just um just i don't know just hammer away at it uh yeah the problem is that like a fucking gamepad um like the gamepad is an issue too like there's so many problems trying to get that game to work Mm-hmm. Well, we await an update at some point as to whether you've officially called it off or... I. Or it's still technically on the docket. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll say. Okay, boys. Those were our resolutions. Fantastic. I think we did okay. Yeah. yeah. A resounding... A resounding maybe is in order. A resounding uh, maybe. That's... Uh, you know what? I'll take it. You know what? My important goal was accomplished. That's it true. It was. The That's important true. ones were done. <laughs> Yeah. So we'll move on to our next segment. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of excited putting this one together. So as Drew mentioned, uh, these are the games that we were looking forward to in 2019. So I'm going to give a bit of background on this. Ooh. Uh, last year at the tail end of 2018, we also went through our 2017 list and we did a year in review. Um, so this list that I have now of all the games we're looking forward to in 2019 is... Some of them are like, hey, we were looking forward to this in 2018, and in 2019 we got this update, or these were just things that we flat out said, I'm hoping shows up. Yeah. So uh, some of these might might sound familiar because some of them are were carried forward as a, I'm still hopeful for this. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll start with this one. This is the first one I got announced. So <clears throat> this one's for Zach. Mm-hmm. Oh, hello. Zach, going into 2019... Zach is still excited for Anthem. Anthem being an alternative and maybe a different game and take on Destiny. So, Zach, <laughs> Anthem came out in 2019. Yeah. I didn't How'd even, it go? I didn't even fucking touch it. I, I heard so many bad things about that game. I was just like, no, I can't mm. do that. Can I ask, is this the game that you're talking about where you said I, you looked at reviews and said, no, I'm good? Yeah, that is exactly the one. I like looked at reviews, I saw what people had to say about the game, and I was just like, oh no, this is a garbage pile, I'm not playing mm. this. Mm. Drew, let me ask you this, do you want to talk about Anthem now or a bit in the story section? Uh, you know, let's, I think it's best if we just Did... just get it out now, just because it's, okay. it's Did a you thing. play Anthem? No, I did not, but like it it had such a ripple effect on what people were talking about throughout the year, and I feel like mm-hmm. its failure is going to inform games in the future, you know? Like cuz it was supposed to be yeah, like this big I... like this massive thing and you're going to you're going to love it, you're going to play it forever, what you have it and didn't happen. So, I I will say uh having re-listened to the podcast, I remembered how hopeful I think uh we were about this game because mm-hmm. at the time uh, you know, this is from Bioware. This was 
Bioware's uh, next game after Mass Effect Andromeda, and we yeah, all kind of yeah. know how well Andromeda did. Yeah, yeah that was not didn't. great. So Anthem came out was like we were thinking this is like Bioware's last big hurrah. Like this has to do well, or Bioware might be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Anthem has come out. It has. It did not do well. No. Uh, I'm trying to think of exactly what happened because it came out at the beginning of the year. It was just like... It had kind of a a tumble effect almost. It seemed like it it started off with bad reviews and then it just kind of... It it just... My memory is that it just kept getting worse This is a really odd thing about it is because we put together our stories for 2019 and I wanted to talk a lot about Anthem because it was something we were excited about. But now... I can't even remember much about it. That's how little of an impact it's had. I, I yeah. have a theory. It, it went... My theory is, uh-huh. and we can get into this later, but I think it was the bad gaming story of uh, 2019 until Fallout 76 ripped that crown away. And then people just yeah. kind of latched onto that instead. Um, well, Fallout 76 <laughs> came out last year. Did this it? was the, the end of year one. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you see? <laughs> Nobody knows what shit happened anymore. Oh my god. Because like, I feel like it's been an odyssey in itself this year. But I... We'll talk about Fallout 76 because there is more. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is more to talk about for 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I guess what I say is I remember it came out. And Zach, maybe you can help me on it because I know you were reading reviews. I remember it came out really buggy. Yep. Uh, it was having server connections. Oh, oh! I remember one particular story of people saying, like, uh, you could be a brand new player, and if you went into the quick play, you know, just like, hey, I want to join just anybody. You know, like, uh, Zach, FF14 has its, like, yeah, 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 I know, I know. Imagine that, but being a level 5 player getting thrown into a level 80 raid. Amazing. That was the kind of bugs we were looking at. And mm-hmm. the other bug I really liked was... Somebody ran the math calculations and found out that the starting gun actually does the most DPS out of any weapon in the game. Yeah, I had heard about that as well. And then, like, it's better to have the starting gun than any other gun in the game. Oof. So, you know what actually strikes me as odd is that, um, so Anthem came out and it got some patches, but I've heard absolutely nothing about it. There was supposed to be this big event that was going to happen, but it didn't. Well, here's the thing that, like, it, because the player base got so shot by the initial in, interaction, like uh, the reason why you're not hearing a lot of news about this game is because they're not updating the game. Mm. Do you think that I would imagine there might still be like patches to fix bugs? But yeah, certainly so I wouldn't so think content updates. They don't. They don't have like an official roadmap up, but it's like they're just basically in bug fix mode and they're gonna be like that for like the next year if if at all like anthem there's a chance that anthem just like dies within the next couple years Mm. what do we think about bioware going forward i'm very concerned about bioware going forward i swear to god like they need to really figure out how the fuck to make a video game like okay so so for me and bioware going forward like like dragon age the next dragon age they come up with needs to be like really fucking good and just i'm worried because like the last couple of games they weren't doing as well on and like mm-hmm. i feel like they're gonna get a lot of pressure from ea to do to to use certain things within their in their game and that's always been kind of a problem with the dragon age series or at least every time they ever try any kind of multiplayer component to the dragon age series um and even like the base gameplay for inquisition can be a little boring at times but Mm. like 
I'm very concerned that the new Dragon Age game is just not going to be fun. Yeah, um, especially considering the last couple of things. And that, that'll be massively disappointing on its own. And I'd imagine a lot of people who work yeah. on the game would be disappointed by that. It, but but also, like, I'm really concerned that, like, if it does badly, then, like, say goodbye to Bioware. And as much as, like, yeah, I like to shit yeah. on Bioware, what like, timeline are we- it's it's scary. Like, I, I, I do like their games as much as I like to shit on them. I feel like Bioware was one of those companies that people were like, these, these, this company can't do any wrong. Uh, I remember. Oh, I. There were like the three B's that I remember hearing from a different podcast of the three B's of always good games, which was Bioware, Bethesda, and Blizzard. And oh, somehow man. all three of them. What timeline are, on the are we in, dude? For tonight. All, all so, three of them are on the on their on well, the shit list we'll for different reasons. We'll get to the other reasons. two in a bit, but we'll go through the game, the finish going through the games list. I'm, I'm really curious. So, to know how much of the the bioware team that was responsible for you know the original mass anthem. effects not not oh, anthem mm-hmm. but like like um like you said like the good reputation of bioware i'd be really curious to know how many people from the the team that made the original mass effect trilogy and the good dragon ages like how much are still there because i'm guessing part of it is just like a swapping of people at this point i don't know if it's the same company yeah. you know yeah a lot of a lot of the people from bioware have left the company especially mm-hmm. like the two owners of the company left oh um, really? oh that's that's not good i'm pretty sure they did or at least they've taken on a much less active role in the company mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah all right well come on bioware Let, let's hope for better mm. so the next game on our we are excited for t- in 2019 was for Drew and Adam. What up? Oh. Bang bang. Drew and Adam. Bang bang. Wait. We're looking forward. Bang bang. We're looking forward to Devil May Cry. 5. Bang bang. Oh, I knew in it. 2000, <laughs> in 2019, Devil May Cry Five came out and it was great. Yeah, you guys fucking oh, loved that oh, game. It was. It was so good. We did a whole episode about it. Oh uh, yes. yes. That only happens for particular games mm-hmm. that we've really enjoyed. Oh. Uh, so I, I think we're doing good there, Drew. Yeah, yeah. I, um, Man, I love it. You guys are like winning so this year. I mean, it's been two games so far, but yeah, I. Damn it, DMC Five was hot, dude. <laughs> it worked. Mm-hmm. So the next game we were looking forward to was for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam was looking forward to Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Ah. Uh, at the time of recording, it had just gotten announced. There was no release date on it. And in 2019, Monster Hunter World Iceborne has come out for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox. I think it's out on the Xbox, but it definitely mm-hmm. PS4. Mm-hmm. It has not, however, come out on the PC, so I haven't played it. Oh, <sighs> dude, I'm, so, I'm sorry. That must be hard. That, this one doesn't get a cheer or a boo. This gets the... <laughs> so, the next, the next one was uh, a little bit more open-ended. This was for Drew. Mm-hmm. Drew, you were looking forward to whatever the hell Arcane Studios is going to do. Yeah. And in 2019, Arcane Studios announced Deathloop. Oh, I... yeah. Fuck. Deathloop looks awesome. I'm really so, excited for Deathloop. You kind of get something good. You were hoping Arcane Studio did more, mm-hmm. and they're working on a new game. It's a new IP, I think. Yeah. And it's. Is that the one Seems about it's the guy and the girl that are constantly killing each other and getting yeah. like revived? Yeah, it's a really yeah. weird concept. I'm really excited it's them doing it. I don't really know how it ties mm-hmm. into the sort of games they've made prior, you know, seeing as how they have, you know, the Dishonoreds and Prey and that kind of like more stealthy side of things, but I'm excited to see what it is. I'm excited to see what they do. I imagine like based off of what it is, it seems like two assassins constantly assassinating each other, which mm-hmm. makes me think that it's gonna have a lot of stealth elements to it. Like oh, it's good. gonna be I you so. stealthing around each other. 
basically trying that, to... That would be really cool. Hmm. They haven't actually said much about it. I don't know if it's going to be... I'm assuming it's single player, but I just realized it could be a, like a two-player game, like two-player multiplayer, where that is kind of what, where you're like stealthing yeah. around each other. But yeah. I mean... I don't think Arcane makes multiplayer games much. So here's here's what it could be. Mm-hmm. It could you be... Say Battle Royale, I'm going to be mad. Yeah, it could be a small-scale Battle Royale. Oh, no. Mm. Like Like eight-player Battle Royale. What are your thoughts, Drew? I, I What are you hoping it would be? I really don't want it to be a battle royale. I don't think it's going to. I, I think Arcane has done a, a proper job of following their heart, and it hasn't always worked for them, but they've done it. Mm-hmm. So I I'm I'm assuming it's some kind of single player game. Maybe it's like a two two story situation. They're they they did some of that with Dishonored uh towards the end. Um mm-hmm. That would be my thoughts, but again, we have so little information. I'm just, I'm happy they're still in the game, and I'm happy they're still being creative and weird. That's uh, that's all I can I, hope I for. I am too. Uh, like I said, I think I said in the last one, I, I didn't really get into the Dishonored series, but I like I like the aesthetics and the like kind of the games they go for. So I'm hoping they do stuff that's good. Yeah. So next up, we have Zach. Ooh. Hey, it's me. Zach, this is a carryover from a previous year. Oh no. In 2018, Zach was looking forward to a little game called Dreams. Oh my god. In 2019, Dreams isn't out yet. Yeah. But it has a release date of February 14th, 2020. So <laughs> That's a big old womp womp. There's a there's another game to look forward to in 2020. I swear if we do our 2020 episode and it still isn't out, I'm not putting it on the list. Zach, yeah, it's just not it's not being there anymore. What are you what are your thoughts on Dreams yeah, right again, now? Your, your follow-up thoughts. I, yeah. I, uh, from what I've heard about Dreams, it seems like it's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I signed up for the beta, but I didn't get access. Oh, that's um, or, or, like, I think you can do it on early access, but I didn't want to pay for it. Yeah, um, can you tell me, Zach, what is Dreams? So Dreams, only seen Dreams is it, like... I'm not sure what it, we're doing. It's kind of like... Uh, you get a space, and you can kind of do whatever you want with it. It's kind of like a... Like an, a gamified game maker studio. Hmm. So is it more like because Little Big Planet got pretty out there yeah. with its level creator? It sounds like this is almost yeah, taking this that is, even a step further. This is this is Little Big Planet level creator, but they just give you a giant box and say have mm-hmm. fun. And like gotcha. and it's and in Dreams, it's like it's not even required for you to like make a game. It can like, just be an experience. Yeah, you can just like make it like an art experience in Dreams. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah well, uh, I'll be curious to see kind of what you put together with it. Um, that'd be a fun one to stream, maybe. Yeah, Hopefully I mean... The, the level editor is good to use. I think it skews around... Like, like I feel like it could... This this could range between, like, Little Big Planet, like, really cool levels in B- Little Big Planet, or, like, Mario Maker, or something like that. And it could skew all the way back over to the other side, which is Second Life. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Slight tangent. Uh... Are you guys getting ads for Second Life now? Because I'm getting a lot of ads for Second Life. I'm I don't not. Know what I did to cause this? Did I'm you? not. But an online. Mm-hmm. So I, I am not. But an online community that I am part of um, is using Towers Unite. Is like playing this game called Towers Unite, mm-hmm. which is kind of like Second Life, except there's mini Weird. games that you can play. Oh, cool! That's kind of cool. Yeah, like the mini games is super cool. And then you have like a condo and you can buy stuff for it and put things in there and then you can put like custom assets in there. Like it's an interesting it's an interesting little game. I just thought I'd mention it. Hmm. So next up is Drew. What up? And Drew, 
Mm -hmm. This one hurts me a little bit. Oh, no. I'm hurt for you. Oh, no. In in 2018, Drew was looking forward to something happening with Metroid Prime 4. He was hoping something would happen in 2019. And... And in 2019, we did hear something about Metroid Prime 4. That development had been restarted, and we now have absolutely no idea what's going on. Which I am, oh, which I am yeah. okay with, because they are working with Retro. They're trying to pull in the people who mm-hmm. made the Prime games good. And I, I would rather that happen than get other M again. And you know what? Yeah, the last... I'm just going to take it. You know, I'm, I'm just going to eat mm-hmm. this one. So... So I was with Drew and being excited about Metroid Point Four because that was basically going to be my intro to the Metroid series, mm-hmm. and so it also I'm also rather disappointed, but like disappointed, but also like well I'm glad they're making it good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I am also pretty disappointed. I, I enjoyed the Metroid Prime series. Um, I, I think I didn't actually I haven't actually finished any of the Metroid Prime ones. I, uh, Metroid Prime games I always got stuck at some point or mm. got lost. I. Um, I'm really curious oh, as to why they haven't released the uh, like the original trilogy, right? Like they did a trilogy collection for the Wii yeah. U, and I would think they'd at least bust that out, maybe. You know, like keep the keep I the brand know. alive. I don't know; it seems strange. So there were in early 2019, there was a lot of rumors going around that hey, if they are restarting development on Metro Prime Four, we might get a port of the other three games, mm. and I thought for certain that was a no brainer yeah. because you want to keep that brand awareness and something alive. Uh, I'm almost wondering if that if a port is still in the cards, <clears throat> but whoever they got to port was maybe also working on Metroid Prime Four. You know, some studios will be like, oh, yeah, "Do yeah. this port to get practice to make the new one," and now it's like, "Okay, you can't do so, the port, so you're not doing the new one." Maybe. Yeah, so maybe. that's 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 something that could be going on. The other thing is that they might be timing it basically. Mm. So that they might be trying to time the uh, the port release to be about like a year or two before the the main game releases. Mm. I think so. That makes yeah. sense. As and well. so like this, since they said they had to restart fucking production on it, that probably means that uh, that like if the they were planning on setting up the port to be a certain amount before the real release, then they're kind of like behind schedule essentially. So yeah, like the port's got to get delayed to make I think sure. It's about accurate. Mm. Uh, I will say. It was funny because I almost forgot when that happened, but it was like January of 2019. It was like, <laughs> it now occurs to me that Drew is saying on our episode, like, boy, I can't wait to hear more news. And as if to answer him, the universe says, it's not happening, kid. Just sit down. Uh, I, I, as, I'd rather it be good than it be quick, is all I'll say. Is all yeah. I'll say. Yeah. Metroid's my so baby. So a game that... A game that wasn't delayed anymore. Uh, in 2018, I really wanted Bloodstained to show up because it, it oh, was yeah. to, I was looking forward to it going into 2018 and leaving 2018. It didn't. Mm. Uh, but in 2019, Bloodstained did come out Cong- and it was great. Congratulations, Adam. <laughs> Still thinking about maybe just doing a that one-off one so I can gush about it. Uh, funny enough, I think... At the time of recording, both of you were also really interested I in playing it. I am still interested so in playing I it. I still give it a big, too big thumbs up of, yeah, y'all should try it out. Yeah, like, I really, I nearly want to play Bloodstained. There's a lot of games that are kind of getting between me and playing Bloodstained. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is one of the games that, like, from, from 2019 that, like, I wanted to play, but I didn't get a chance to. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the next one is a combo one. It is for Drew and Adam. Ooh. And this was, this is a weird one because... Uh, Drew brought this up and I kind of piggybacked onto it. 
in 2018 and going into 2019, Drew wanted to hear absolutely anything about Death Stranding and Kingdom Hearts 3. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Drew, Kingdom Hearts 3, I think, actually showed up at the tail end of 2018. Uh, Somebody can do a quick release date check for me on that. Mm -hmm. But in 2019, we did get Death Stranding. Uh, Oddly enough, in 2018... I'm, I was making a complaint that Death Stranding had gotten too abstract, and I was, and like, so, it was back in the days of, they aren't showing us gameplay, so I was kind of getting out. It's weird that I turned 100% around back to loving it. Yeah. Go ahead, Zach. So, Kingdom Hearts 3 came out January 25th, 2019. Mm, oh. Yeah. So, Drew, did you play Kingdom Hearts 3? You know, I, uh, I, I kind of didn't. I, I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's awesome. Devil May Cry 5 uh, took my time, and it was kind of like, I could play (laughs) one of these or the other, and well... That's fair. (laughs) I Uh, I apologize for nothing. Yeah, Drew made his choice. Kingdom Hearts 3 was super early, 2019, Mm -hmm. and I think Devil May Cry 5 came out a couple months after. I also didn't play Kingdom Hearts 3. Again, I was sticking to my, I'm going to try to play the other games to catch up on it. Mm. Uh, And then, from what I heard, like Kingdom Hearts 3 got was also like hey this is getting really weird mm-hmm. uh, i will i will say i still have intentions of playing it there is a dlc update like content story update coming for it and maybe that seems like yeah it seems like a lot of people are waiting for that dlc to come out i, I think because it's supposed to apparently mm-hmm. go into like side story stuff that mm-hmm. like yeah explains a bit more which you know kingdom hearts always needs yeah it needs more needs more lore that's a series that could do with more lore to really but, explain what's going on death stranding more, on the other hand <laughs> <laughs> needs more explaining but that also helps uh but yeah so death stranding what did i say okay i have this quote um we also thought at the very end what there is no way in hell that death stranding is out in 2019 it's just not wow happening. Mm. all right well we got blown up death stranding totally came out november uh 8th of 2019 mm-hmm. it is a fantastic game i really like it that's with the caveat that I'm still fairly early because I haven't really played too much of it. Well, for a game that I really like uh, or liked playing, you kind of need to be in the right mood to play it. You do. You do. It's not something you blitz through and it, it's not something that you play and you get the happy juice immediately. It's it's like kind of like a hike. It's long and time consuming and very, very rewarding when you're done. And you kind of got to dedicate to it. It's my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, next up was for me. Uh, in 2018 and 2019, Adam was looking forward to any news about Bayo 3. Well, in 2019, there is no news about Bayonetta 3. Aww. Well, none at all. Uh, to tack onto this, this is related to Zach as well. Uh, Zach, you were interested in playing uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5, and we were hoping to hear something about it in 2019. Yeah, How nothing. much have we heard about it in 2019? Literal nothing. Didn't they tease some of I that? Actually, I, I, I could have sworn it was I, making the rounds for a while. I think so. I think I got mentioned once. Uh, like, yeah. Something about it came up, but it like it was a, like a minor piece of news, and I was just like, whatever. Uh, I was going to say... Our E3 episode for 2019, I think both me and Zach had the feeling of, why didn't they say anything about these games? Mm, like, yeah. what's up? Um, E3 2019 yeah, was like, was kind of empty, if I remember, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. it was very quiet. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, the next one was 
uh, was I was looking forward to. Oh, that was that was just a side note of, hey, at, in our podcast, Adam was looking forward to playing the new God of War and Red Dead Two. I haven't started those. I'm, I'm Damn it, man! You gotta play it's the okay. new God of War. Uh, I actually, I actually do have it in my PS4 right now, and I'm getting it installed because I'm gonna try to play a bit more of it. I, I, Ooh, nice. I think uh, you'll love I'll, it. I think you'll love it. I'm really excited to know your thoughts. In 2018. Adam was looking forward to Indivisible, and that didn't happen. But in 2019, Indivisible did show up. It did. Uh, it's out. I haven't played it, though. And the reason for that is a little bit more... Uh, it came out pretty recently. Agreed. Yeah, it's more It's more recent. But it's also missing a couple characters. Oh, so right. Yeah, is it, yeah, is it yeah. like an early access release? So, no. No, and that's the that's the weird thing. Okay, so let me see if I can try to explain this. So Indivisible is the newest game from uh, from Lab Zero. Mm-hmm. Lab Zero previously made Skullgirls, and that's a fantastic fighting game. Uh Indivisible has uh it's not an early access, it is fully released. The thing is apparently there were some major gameplay bugs that were found with two of the characters who were supposed to be in the base game that I think those two characters got pulled. Um, and so they're not in yet and i kind of wanted to play it once those characters were in mm-hmm. or at least those two there are supposed to be like kickstarter or indiegogo funded characters that will show up later um but they aren't they aren't there yet so uh I, i'm kind of in a hey indivisible's out i can wait on this until i actually feel like playing it mm. um, yeah so i i i thought like i looked up indivisible a little bit and i thought it was pretty fun and then I saw, um, after it released, I saw um, Dan from Playframe. Mm-hmm. Like, he did, like, I watched him play, like, the first 30 minutes of that game. And I was just, like, just, like, the pure charm of that game overwhelmed me. And I ended up getting it It is a it pretty Christmas. charming game. It is uh, insanely charming. It I is know unreal. My, co- my cousin played it, and he really liked it. Um, so it's got at least one person I know who really likes that game. So mm-hmm. I will at some point play it. It's just a matter of, I got other stuff I'm playing at the moment. But, you know who's still looking forward to something? Zach. Hello. In 2018 and in 2019, you were looking forward to something about The Last of Us 2. I got some news. You did get some news. Are you still interested in playing it? Uh, I did write it in my list of like eight-ish games that i'm looking okay. i'm like i'm kind of interested in for the next uh for the next year but i'm not super like for the last of us part two i don't think i was super hot on it then like i might just drop it off my list now because it's, it's like eh i don't know like you i've been on a, you were a bit more hot on it uh last year i yeah. think but maybe that's because you now had a year of kind of hey here's maybe a trailer or a little gameplay blip yeah like much. i think it, i think it could be cool i think it could be awesome i just I don't know if I'm going to be as hot about the next Last of Us game. I think there's, mm-hmm. to be fair, like, I'm looking at the the big releases that are going to come out in 2020, or, like, suspected to come out in 2020, and I'm not seeing a lot of stuff that I'm, like, super, super excited about. Mm. So, there's a lot of, surprisingly, a lot of twos. Well, let me but... ask you this question. This is the, the next entry on our predictions list. Mm-hmm. Okay. In 2019... We were hoping that Konami might unfuck itself because in 2018 we also had that hope, and then you know 2018 had oops, uh, you know such things as Metal Gear Survive, 
did Konami do anything in 2019? No, and hopefully it dies. Unfortunately, it's got some good IPs, but maybe someone good will buy those IPs. Mm, mm. You know, I, I put it on here because we kind of, we, we spent a good amount of time on it in the 2018 episode. Uh, I haven't heard much about them in 2019. In fact, they've kind of fallen to the wayside, like, I think, after... Genuinely speaking... Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry I'm cutting you off, but like genuinely speaking like all i hear about konami is that they're really shitty to their fucking employees and that they're really shitty to like and they're really shitty to their game ips and so it's just like cool well maybe konami should sink maybe the people there will find better fucking work elsewhere because like those games and those ips are fucking good man and it's just it's such a shame to see people like exploited and then on top of that they're not even putting out good games like it's it's such bullshit Mm, yeah Mm. I'm scared that somebody's going to fact check us and it's like, oh yeah, did you know this game that came, Konami put out in 2019 was fantastic? I'm like, I just, honestly, I don't remember ever seeing their logo yeah, on I'm anything. Gonna, I'm going to... Maybe like a subsidiary thing, but nothing much. I, Drew, do you? I think the truth of it is, you know, it's a company that chose We've to got go a in a few. different direction. Um, are they pachinko machines? Mm-hmm. Are they like generally gamey games or... Uh, Contra Anniversary Edition, Castlevania Anniversary Collection... Love Plus mm. every. Mm. They make Love Plus? What is I guess. I didn't know that. I don't know what... They have Contra Rogue Core. Okay. Um Contra Rogue Core was weird. Danakira Boys Be Dan something. And then <laughs> Eve Football Pro Evolution Soccer. Oh, that's why they're okay. They've got Evo Pro fo- uh Pro Soccer. Okay, mm. never mind. It's, they're good. It's E Football Pro Evolution Soccer. Mm. I have no idea if that sells well because it's not FIFA. I know it's not FIFA. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so next, all three of us were deeply looking forward to hearing more about Cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> in 2019. Well, we heard more about it. And we did. Uh, 2019, Cyberpunk 2077 had... You know it's weird to say? That the most... We, I, I think like the most people remember of Cyberpunk 2077 in 2019 is the Keanu Reeves <laughs> being there. Uh, and oh my god! God damn it! Like, because like, Keanu Reeves is playing Johnny Silverhand, that, and that's a that's a pretty good casting, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there was like a couple trailers, like well, gameplay trailers, but you know, uh, and it is coming out April sixteenth, twenty twenty. I am very excited so, for it. I I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good. I'm excited to see what I they hope, do. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked. That's one of the games I'm looking forward to. Mm. Um, I'm really hoping my machine will run it. I don't want to have to update this Ooh. thing to, to play it. I, yeah. I guess I have that I'm fear as sure well. I'm pretty sure able to run it, but yeah. yeah. It's been a while since I've updated. Yeah. Okay. Well, is that... So, next up, Zach. Hi. Oh, go ahead. Drew. I was just going to say, what's next? Ah. Oh, well, so, Zach, you were looking forward to Civ Six. I was. Um, can I ask what happened? Because I actually, uh, when you mentioned it on the old podcast, I was surprised because I don't think I ever heard you talk about Civ Six much. Maybe you so, did. I'm just forgetting. Here's here's the thing. Uh, let me go into my Steam to tell you about Civ Six. I've played back with like 200 hours. I'm gonna be surprised. 306 hours. What? <laughs> oh Bro, you. So what? I'm y'all I'm don't wrong. know how much of a Civ fanatic I can be. You've never mentioned it. <laughs> no, I know it. you are. It's just one of those things of <laughs> I, I don't remember ever hearing mentioning it. I Great. I find Civ Civ Six to be very very enjoyable. Um, Clearly, it is. It well, the, here's the thing. Like I play Civilization. Like 
I, I talked a lot about I talk a lot about Civ Five and how I have a bunch of hours in it. Like I have nearly mm-hmm. a thousand hours in Civ Five. Um, but like, how often have you heard me talk about Civ Five? Like three years ago, it wasn't super super often. Um, uh, incorrect. I used, used oh. to talk about it quite a bit. So maybe you were talking just talking about other stuff at the time. Yeah, I guess uh, so. But good. I'm I'm glad you are you yeah. are enjoying. So uh, Civ, it's Civ been 6. really enjoyable. Um. The problem is, is that they're, it's a lot harder to mod in Civ 6, apparently. Uh, or, like, mm-hmm. there's some reason, like, the modders just really aren't jumping on the game. And so, like, the kind of mods that I really like the most, like the fantasy-style stuff or the, uh, um, or the like, total conversion mods just really haven't been as prevalent in Civ, 5, in Civ 6. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just recently got, like, a map editor. Like, it took them, like, this whole year to put together a map editor. And I think they were finally done with it, like, in, like august or september interesting okay. and so that's what i would I, I you know i'd spend a lot of time in that um and i and now i do but uh yeah so i have definitely enjoyed civ 6 it's actually it's a very fun game especially if you get Good. now especially now with the expansion packs <laughs> <laughs> okay so then the next one in 2008 in 2018 adam got a miracle and they announced that final fantasy crystal chronicles would get a remaster <laughs> And I was looking forward to playing it in 2019. The game has been delayed to summer of 2020. Sorry, man. So, yeah. You know what? This is a slight... I'll talk a little bit because there's a slight development on it. Um, They said in the delay what they wanted to do was they wanted to uh, make sure game performance and experience are still good. And I think, I think that's a good reason to delay a game, to make sure that... Uh, what actually kind of tripped me up, and I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, is apparently it's also coming out to, like, mobile phones, mm. which I think is incredibly weird. That is really uh, weird. Because it's going to have, like, cross-save and cross-play. Uh, for a game that I'm super excited about, I actually don't know if I know a whole lot about this remaster other than, like, you know, there's going to be remastered graphics and remastered... Uh, they, re- they got the original composer back, and they're apparently wow. adding new... They're apparently adding whole new regions... Uh, or maybe it's better said as there's the existing regions, but now there's extra bits on them, like extra rooms or places to explore. That's so I'm very excited. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out if I'm going to play it in 2020 because I hope it doesn't get delayed. Yeah. Now I'm I'm looking forward to it now. (laughs) So the next one was kind of Zach, uh, but a little bit drew as well. Mm -hmm. You were both interested in playing Sekiro and in 2019 Sekiro came out. Did either of you play it? I played through like half of the first level and then I went, this game is not for me. And I, mm. I put it away. That was that was a really unfortunate mm. game um, mm. for this year. Because I was really excited about Sekiro. I thought it was going to be like a really fun, like stealthy experience. And it's just like... Well, I guess let's talk about that a bit because I think Sekiro just won Game of the Year for 2019. Yeah, I know. Um so like it's just not it's just not the game for me. Like I I played it and my biggest problem with Sekiro was that uh like the combat mechanics tripped me up like way too much. Like mm-hmm. uh it's very hard to get at least for me it was really really hard to get used to like sometimes you're like forced into a fight. I thought I could stealth my way through the entire game. And so mm-hmm. that was a little that was a little upsetting to be like, "Oh, you have to fight people. Like you have to have big boss fights sometimes." Yeah. And it's just so- like I've never been like a big parry guy or been very good at dodging in like Dark Souls games. And mm-hmm. so like having from software be like, 
this is the Perry game. I'm like, uh, fuck, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm in. Drew, did you give it a shot? I'm, I'm in the same boat as Zach. I, I am god awful at parrying in any game. Whenever I have an option to not do that and have some other style, I typically do. So when I mm-hmm. found out that was the core mechanic of Sekiro, I, I, I kind of looked the other way, and it's a shame because I know it's of a high quality. I know it's from a great studio, and I'm. I've heard great things from different people, but mm. I I think if I picked it up, I would not be. I don't think it would be for me. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I I don't know. It just doesn't. The more I learned this about it, one, the more I, I realized I probably uh, don't want to play it. You know, it, it's it's one of those yeah. like, man, I'm sure it's fantastic, but I'm hearing a lot of things that are turning me off. So. Yeah, it, it's interesting because. For the people that do get into it, Sekiro is apparently like a fantastic game. There, uh, I wasn't super into it because um, it just didn't, you know it looked interesting, but I kind of just like wasn't feeling it. I actually ended up watching a uh, let's play of it. Mm-hmm. I watched um, Angriest Pat play through the game, mm-hmm. so I kind of got to backseat game watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll only speak from kind of what I picked up on on that is that uh, it, it's a very pretty game. It, this story, I don't know if maybe he just skipped it, but boy, it seemed kind of all over the place. But mm-hmm. there's a story in there. There's actually what seemed to be like little hints at Bloodborne, but it was like like weird that they were there because this makes no sense. Oh, uh, that's weird. Like hints at a tied uh, continuity, like they're part of the same universe. Kinda. Well, because like there's there's they mentioned about the dragon's blood and how it horribly mutates people. There's uh, what looks to be like the celestial slugs all over the floor in one area. Uh-oh. Uh, and just kind of stuff here there. If it's it if it is, that's cool, but you know um I think for me what what actually is interesting is I remember uh a lot of people liked it but were kind of disappointed cuz there there's not you can't really do like a build variety in this game. Uh, yeah, yeah. You are very locked into one playstyle. Like that was actually something Zach brought it up is that I actually also thought this game was going to be very much like a stealth game, and I was excited for something like that. And then it's like, it turns out, yeah, you can like stealth kill one enemy in a in a zone before the rest are kind of alerted to you. Um, there are ways to get back out, but it, it's not like you're not going to Metal Gear your way through this. Yeah, you're going to end up doing a lot of like fighting. Like, again, I was just kind of disappointed that there wasn't like that stealth you couldn't stealth your way through the game. And that's something that, mm-hmm. that disappointed me on a certain level. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, for the people who like it, they seem to really like it. Yeah. And, if, uh, if you like that one play style, it's, it's fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Nails it. So, uh, but yeah, so it was like, that, that's cool. I will be honest. I was, remember I was watching the game awards with, uh, Zach and a couple of our other friends. And when it won the game, game of the year, uh, the game awards, I, I guess I'll speak for me. I was kind of shocked because I yeah. didn't, think it would win game of i the remember year. Thinking yeah i didn't think so it either. was there simply like every game that came up i like had my own like oh if it wins this is what it means and when sekiro was mentioned i was like oh that's the troll option they would never choose that and then it won <laughs> I, I, I was well, shocked i was very shocked i i wouldn't say it's the troll option but i see what you're coming from where it's like that game came out and then immediately left the public like consciousness it feel well, like i mean yeah that, like maybe, but maybe that's just the sphere i live i mean in. that in the sense that like it, it in my circles it kind of kicked off this big conversation again about you know difficulty in games what does it mean 
And I kind of thought like if they choose this, it would be kind of tying into that whole conversation. So I, mm. I was very shocked to see it win, but I'm happy. And it's honestly making me kind of reconsider ever... it, you know? Yeah, I, I am too. Cause like um, a couple other people have said, it's like, oh yeah, this is my game of the year. And I'm like, maybe I should give this a second look, mm. but mm. it would kind of be like one of those. You know, actually just looking at it, just like looking at the options that they had available, like for the, for the game of the year nominees, like they had Death Stranding, Outer Worlds, they somehow had Smash Brothers Ultimate on that list. That was a shocker. Well, that's Which that's a good game. That's bugged a really me. Good game. Um, but like, it is a fantastic game. It's just I thought Ultimate came out in 2019, 2018. My bad. Well, remember that the game of the year, that game of the year was even though it was in 2019, was from the middle oh. of 2018 to the middle of 2019. So oh, it still fits. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I see. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say. So like, I'm surprised Ultimate didn't get it. That seemed like it's such an obvious pick. I'm surprised, like, Death Stranding didn't get it, because that's such an so, interesting one. It, Death like, Stranding would have been weird if it won. And that's it's true, weir- yeah, It'd be weird. weird if it won. One, because I, I, w- I would pick it as that game of the year out of that list, but yeah. Jeff Keighley is personally involved in that game. He has a cameo in that oh. game. Oh. And he's also the guy that runs the game awards. So I see. And they had already won I, other awards. <laughs> yeah, they had won other awards, and I feel like that's the best way to kind of yeah you so know, but say kojima you did it without ha- with while avoiding the appearance of a conflict of interest mm-hmm. right yeah uh, yeah and so so yeah so it's like it's the outer worlds i would have probably picked as like just looking at these games it seems like either smash brothers ultimate or outer worlds um mm-hmm. i don't know why control ended up in the nominees <laughs> i really want to play control. i've heard it's a really good game I really want to check to it, it out That's... yeah i i need i need to play it because apparently it's it's that good but yeah um yeah, well, that's you know what? Here. I will say this: uh, that we have one more entry, but it leads perfectly into one of our gaming stories that we can talk Ooh. about. Um, so I guess we'll do that transition. So, y'all, those are the games we were looking forward to in 2019. Mm-hmm. Not bad, actually. That was a pretty good year for games. Yeah, um, yeah. pretty solid in terms of video a lot games. Of that neat came stuff. Out. Oddly enough, a lot of stuff that came out in two, like we were looking forward to in 2018, that apparently showed up in 2019. Which holds true of the 2018 was a waiting period. Mm-hmm. You just had to wait for shit. Patience. Patience is key. I mean, that's true. I mean, I'm ready for 2020 to be a waiting period as well. Because yes. there's a lot of no. games I got up. I, I think 2020 will be a pretty big year. Hmm. But Adam, oh, really? what? I I, uh-huh. I was just going to ask you, what is uh, what is this game that you're saying ties into other things? I'm. Oh, yeah. okay. So uh, I'll transition for us. So we also have a... These are the games you're interested in, and as Drew mentioned at the top of the podcast, there is a list of gaming stories that we felt were we wanted to chat about in 2019. Uh, let me pull that list up real quick. Yep, staring at it right now. What is the last game? I'm so excited. The last game that Zach was excited for. Oh boy, ties into one of our stories. In two thousand in 2018, Zach, you were excited to hear about the new Pokemon game coming out in 2019 (laughs) and pokemon sword and shield got announced on february 29th released in november 2000 oh sorry announced in february 2019 released in november 2019 and how did it go zach i didn't buy it (laughs) oh didn't buy it just like because i don't know here's the thing you were really excited for it because i think you had just come off sun and moon yep uh you 
kind of you passed over Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Yes, I did. And you were excited for Sword and Shield uh, at the time. We didn't know it was Sword and Shield. You just yeah, knew there was yeah. a new one, and it was hey, it's going to be a big RPG. Yep. Uh, and I got so another. Is... I got a different big RPG for 2019. So. Mm-hmm. And which one? That was the. That was Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, we'll we'll chat about that our, uh, later. Game of the years later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I put Pokemon Sword and Shield on this list of gaming stories uh, because I can't remember the last time a Pokemon game came out with such kind of conflicting opinions about it mm. and i thought it was rel- yeah. it was worth talking about because i think most of us are somewhat fans of pokemon and it was just it would be good to kind of just chat about why it was what the controversy was and kind of what happened yes yeah so i mean i don't want to rehash it too much but basically like like uh, people were upset that not all of the pokemon would be available to play in sword and shield which I was also kind of upset by to start with, but eventually, you know, I was like, it's a Pokemon game. They've got like 600 Pokemon in there, you know? So it's just like... Yeah. I think the final count came up to like 400 and something, but that's still yeah. a pretty respectable amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a massive number of Pokemon. And it's just like, you know, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Especially because like, uh, after playing through like Sun and Moon, I mostly saw the new Pokemon and... The non-Sun and Moon Pokemon, like, mm-hmm. I just never saw them. Like, yeah, like they, they just felt so background to me that, like, it's not that surprising to me that, like, they're like, hey, well, you can't play with these ones. Yeah. Like, the only people who got really upset by it that I've noticed is people who are really competitive about Pokemon who are really, like, into, like, breeding or playing competitively. Mm-hmm. Those are the communities that got really upset by that the most. But, like, if, if you're, like, me or, like, probably you guys and you're, like, a casual player, then, like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And, like, people were making a bunch of shit about the fucking models and stuff, but I'll let you guys get into it. It's, like, I just mm. felt like it's so much BS because you're upset they there, didn't have all the Pokemon. There was a lot more <laughs> of it, but I... So, I, I will say, Drew, I don't think you picked up because I don't think you have a Switch. Uh, Metroid Prime 4 is not out yet, so you don't have a Switch. That yet. is my rule. Until they let those chains go, I will not buy a Switch. So oh my God. Uh, I'll I'll speak for this. So I actually just beat Pokemon Shield not too long ago. I actually over Christmas break I beat the game and then I beat the epilogue. Um, so I'll say this for the whole Dexit thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the hey we're cutting the Pokedex down. I actually didn't mind too much because when I really thought about it, it was like, hey, here's all these new Pokemon in Sword and, in uh, Sword and Shield and all that stuff, you know. But how many of these thousand Pokemon are you actually going to see or use and stuff like that? Mm. Um, and so to me, it was kind of like, a, well, if they want to showcase Pokemon that really makes sense for this region, it would make sense that not all of them would be here. Um, am I disappointed that some of my favorites aren't in them? Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed in some of them, but it's not. it wasn't a no deal kind of thing. I, uh, I think the weirder... I, I agree with... Oh, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. No, finish what you were saying. I don't mean to cut you off. I was going to say, I agree with Zach uh, a bit of just like, unless there's like a really competitive thing that I'm missing on this, it was like, one of their reasons for cutting it was because they they were having trouble balancing like competitive Pokemon. And I think that's, that's totally legit. You can't really balance a thousand of these little critters uh, when only like 20 will be viable. So maybe cutting down the Pokedex will make more Pokemon more viable so people can use their things. Mm. Uh, I will say... 
I have a I have a bit of a beef with Pokemon Sword and Shield, uh, and it it's kind of what came out of Dexit. Dexit was I think the catalyst, but it kind of unearthed a more underlying problem of uh, every time these Pokemon games come out, they always ditch a lot of the previous things that were really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. that was something that started where like it started wearing on me in uh, Sword and Shield, where it's like there's no Mega Evolutions, so we don't get those cool <clears> designs anymore. It's like that's a bummer. Why, why'd you ditch that? And it's like, oh, we put in this Dynamaxing thing. It's like, okay, Dynamaxing's a pretty neat idea. Uh, what else did you add that was new? And it's like, okay, here is a whole bunch of updates and refinements to how you raise Pokemon. And that part... There's two parts of Pokemon Sword and Shield to me. There's the raising your Pokemon team and the kind of story and adventure bit. The raising your Pokemon part that is literally the best it's been. I really like it. They made so many cool changes to making it more upfront. Like, I'm starting to EV training a Pokemon. And I've never done that before. Mm. And th- that's a really cool experience to be like, I can get this into the mechanics of it. On the other hand, this game has one of the weirdest and like weakest Pokemon stories. And I kind of don't like exploring this place because of how... Like from point A to point B, this game is, mm. oh. uh, which is a bit unfortunate because if it is like an RPG, uh, you don't really feel like you're exploring much. Interesting. If that makes sense. Uh, I was mm-hmm. so so as as a Pokemon outsider at this point is what I would consider myself to be. I do remember you know Red and Blue, Gold and Silver, and the stories in those games were pretty stripped down as well. It was kind of get the gym badges, fight some evil team, and. Maybe there's some intrigue. Mm-hmm. And I know the games afterwards got pretty wild, but I mm-hmm. I don't know. My, my impression was that this one was trying to like get back to the trimmed down version. So was the story yeah. just not very gripping, so, is what you're saying? Or I'm trying to understand your, uh, your So I'll put it this way. Yeah. The game uh, is selling you that the gallery region for Pokemon battling is more of a sports league because it's set in like... Like England and like the UK and stuff like oh, that. Oh, cool. And so it, it feels like you're actually competing in like a soccer league mm-hmm. kind of thing, except with Pokemon battles. And it sells that experience so well. The problem is, is you feel very railroaded from one point to the other as it's like, you don't feel like, oh, I'm going to go through this mountain and oh, hey, I found this town on the other side and I can get a gym here. It's the world will tell you, you need to go get this badge second. Why do you need to get this badge second? Because it's the second badge. Hmm. Uh, there's some stuff with the legendary uh, there's some weird stuff about a energy crisis that is completely shoehorned in at the end, and there's some story about the legendaries that's, that also feels shoehorned in at the end. And overall, it, it was just kind of a... I left the game feeling, yep, I, I don't feel like I'm in the world of Pokemon, but I do like raising Pokemon. Huh. So uh, I put that in mostly because I can't think of a Pokemon game that's come out with more, like mixed feelings on it and i i'm curious what the next pokemon game will be mm-hmm. uh well let me ask you zach do you think you will pick it up at some point or are you like pretty yeah. much bounced off of it i i plan on picking it up mm-hmm. yeah it was interesting yeah, to I see agree. all the discourse mm-hmm. around the technical aspects pop up after dexit happened the you know the fact that certain pokemon wouldn't be in it just because it kind of revealed that that case of like people trying to guess at what was going on during developments mm-hmm. and you know as an outsider i know i don't have a ton of skin in this game but a lot of what i read did seem very unfair to the developers like it seemed like there was a lot yeah. of 
uh, finger pointing and a lot of rumors being willed into fact somehow. And it, it all felt yeah, a little strange. I, I, I feel like that kind of happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did see some interesting mods I, I think it was mostly... that fixed it by like changing textures oh. that made it very hideous. And mm-hmm. it, it made me kind of... It was weird to see happening from afar, is all I can say. Yeah, it, it was weird seeing it from afar. It was weird following for a while, because I was following it for, like, maybe a month, because I was, like, kind of interested. And at some point, I realized, you guys are just saying the same things over and over. They're, like, to me, it was it felt like one of those things of... There is a legitimate criticism to be said that Pokemon... The new Pokemon games just, like, aren't really expanding on certain things. And it'd be nice if they did... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day you know we don't know and I think a lot of the facts that people are throwing around is like this is for sure what's happening mm-hmm. uh, are a bit off um, I will say that whole model like people were ripping at the models and be like these are the exact same models like that looks that's kind of weird I mean I I um, could ar- I, I could look at it like maybe it's an optimization maybe it's necessary again mm-hmm. like when you're when you've got so many like creatures and models like I understand it was like the first yeah. big 3D one that they were doing, but well, mm-hmm. y- you know what? There's there's not much I can really say on it. I, I'll, I'll pull out. I'll yeah, pull out. yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So I tried to not bring up any of the points that like people were like say like pointing fingers at. I was just saying from my own personal experience, it was an okay Pokemon game with some quality of life things, but boy, that felt way more. Uh, like going down a corridor than I kind of was expecting yeah. it to. Well, you know, maybe oh, in yeah. the next that, one. That's our story. Maybe in the next mm-hmm. one. <laughs> what else happened this year, Adam? Uh, speaking of which, I forgot. We actually had one more prediction. Ooh. And this kind of goes into one of our other stories. What's... I'm getting the miscellaneous ones out Sounds of the way good. first. Okay. So at, in our 2018 one, Adam predicts <laughs> with, I am 50% guaranteeing that we see the new consoles for the the PlayStation 5, the Xbox uh, X2 something or other, and a Switch update. Well, hey, look at you. Uh, what happened in 2019, y'all? We got... Two out of three of those things. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, lest you forget the Switch Lite. Oh, hey! Three out of three look things. Look at this. Adam is 100% uh... correct. Adam is a goddamn prophet. Well done, Adam. Well done. Like I said, I am I'm 50% guaranteeing, making it a yes or no that will or will not happen. <laughs> You're a prophet, uh, Adam. Just own it. Uh, yeah, we're going to get... So, the new consoles are getting announced. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like it is actually, like, a good time to get them kicking out. Uh, I'm surprised they're all... The announcements were so early, like, or so late in this year, and that means they're going to... We're going to get the new Xbox and the new PS5 in a year. That's really kind of bizarre to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think the... So we'll start with the probably the least interesting. The Switch Lite came mm-hmm. out. That is literally a Switch with the Joy-Cons fused in and no dock feature. It yeah. is literally just the handheld. Yeah. Uh, That's okay. I'm anybody interested in a Switch Lite? Um, like, I already I, have I thought, a Switch. I, I have the regular Switch. I don't need the Switch Lite. Uh, but yeah. honestly, uh, if I got a Switch Lite, I feel like I would just have a, like a Nintendo DS or like a PS Vita or something. Like, it, it feels like it mm-hmm. defeats a lot yeah. of the points of the multi-screen or the movable well, aspect. The point, the point of the console mm-hmm. called the Switch mm-hmm. is that you can switch mm-hmm. between the stationary console and the mobile console. Well, then that just makes the <laughs> so name it's a little weird to make. Yeah, so the Switch I, Lite is a Switch you can't switch. I agree. 
I'm very confused on that one. I, I will say, I, mean, um, yeah. mm -hmm. I am noticing that the setup for the Switch might be getting copied pretty soon. I noticed in uh, one of the Apple stores I was at that they have oh, no. they have tablets with little controllers that hook onto the side now, and it, it reminds me a lot mm -hmm. of a Switch, and I'm kind of wondering if we're going to get another new pseudo-contender at some point. But, you know, hardware's hardware. I mean, nothing's really, nothing's really ever going to contend with the Nintendo brand. That's true. That's true. Yeah. They work I, very hard on that brand. Mm -hmm. I think this is, yeah, I think the Switch is a fantastic console. I wouldn't go out of my way to get a Switch Lite. If they were to say, like, make a Switch Pro, maybe. But that's also a really hard sell because you just sold a kajillion Switches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm relatively happy with my switch i if people want to pick up a switch Lite, more power to them if they really think i'm not gonna need if i i'll never want to play it in dock mode that that's the weird thing it's like to buy a switch Lite is to say i don't ever want to play this in dock mode yeah which, that's it's so weird uh, but maybe I, they, maybe I guess it does a it. does it have a longer battery life so it has a longer battery life by virtue of it having a different battery, I believe. Oh. Or maybe a different processor in it. it yeah, there you literally, go. it's a hardware update. So yeah, it, it has a bit better. Uh, but I think they also started putting that new battery into newer, like new Switch models. Like oh. if you get it. Like if you just buy a regular Switch, you can see like, oh, this is version yada yada point two, and it'll be the new battery. Okay. Kind of like what the, the PS Vita had. I guess. Uh but the other ones were the PS5 and Xbox Series X, otherwise known as the Xbox Sex. <laughs> otherwise known as a refrigerator. <sighs> that thing looks like a fucking fridge. Oh it really does. Oh <laughs> it looks like a fucking fridge. I just, the naming is so silly to me. It's so damn silly. Like, who Somebody is doing had to this? Have known. Is, is that part of the brand now? Are they just going to be the... Are they going to steal Nintendo's spotlight of having the weird name? Is that what they're angling oh, for? Like, I'm, I'm so curious. No. <laughs> so we got the X-Bone, the X-Bones, and now the Xbox Sex. It's like... <laughs> come on, guys. Oh, God. What's I, the official name? Huh? What's the official name? The Xbox Series X. <laughs> which, to me... See if they're calling it a Series X makes me think we're gonna see Xbox Series X Pro, Xbox Series X uh, Mini, and stuff like that. We're all digital. Oh my god! It, I, I preferred it when it was called Scorpio. Like Scorpio Scorpion makes sounds like a better name than Series X. It, it, it's getting yeah. into Kingdom yeah. Hearts territory. It's... Why just Xbox? Is that true? Xbox a... was cool. You don't need to keep calling them fucking Xbox. <laughs> or you could just say Xbox Scorpio. That would have been nice. Yeah. So I heard a fun fact <laughs> that apparently the reason it's called the Xbox is because during development, they could not think of a different name for oh it. My yeah. So they just named it the Xbox. I want to believe you. And, they've, and, I, and I do believe I'm you. convinced Microsoft does not know how to name anything. Mm -hmm. uh, like yeah, they so... got word. Like what does Excel mean? It means you you do very well at something. But it's yeah, for but it a spreadsheet. So that you can do really good spreadsheets. You can excel at spreading your there. sheets. And then like... Checkmate, Zach. <laughs> sit down. He's got you. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I think it's terrible too. Uh, PS5 oh, is man. simple and to the point. Uh, do we know what's going to be on it? I, I think a few launch so, titles were announced. There is one game for PlayStation 5. Mm -hmm. There's one game confirmed for the PlayStation mm -hmm. 5. And that's a game called Godfall, which looks like a weird 
hack and slash multiplayer mm. game. I don't really know what it is. There was a trailer for it. At, yeah. Um, I think the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, I I believe I've said this on the podcast previously. Uh, the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X, mostly the PlayStation Five for me because I have a PS4. I really want to know right now if these things are going to be backwards compatible. Ooh, that's a big like, one for me. That's a massive uh, one for me. Yeah. I, I want to I want to quickly go over this. I've talked to my friend Ian about this. Uh, actually, all of our friends Ian. I always say my friend, even though he's yeah. all of our friends. Mm-hmm. I was literally uh, I was playing a game with him earlier today. Sony does themselves a great disservice by not coming out and saying that the PlayStation 5 will be completely backwards compatible with the PS4. And I mean that in backwards compatible with digital and physical media. Because at the moment, um, there, except for a few select games that I'm really looking forward to on PS4, I really don't have much of an incentive to buy a PS4 game right now if I know the new console is coming out mm-hmm. soon. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. If if you don't tell me my current library isn't isn't going to carry forward, I have no incentive to continue cultivating a library right I now. I will say if uh, they try to pull that thing of, "Oh, well this is the HD remastered edition that's available on our new system." It's going to generate I'm a bad scream. a lot of bad will for me and I'm just going to sit back with Metroid and my Switch and be like, "Hey, hey, 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 hey." That's going to be... That's assuming, that's assuming you're going to get Metroid. Yeah, I was going to say that's assuming Metroid's out in 2000. Why are you trying to, why are you trying to break my heart? Why are you trying to do that? I'm not. I think it'll be out in 2020. <laughs> don't break me. I think it, don't break my honestly, heart. Honestly, I, I don't think it's going out until 2022. <gasps> oh. 2022 oh. or 2020 as well? 2022. Oh, there's so many twos in that oh, number. Yeah. There's so many twos. I can't deal. <sighs> uh... But actually, yeah, I think that's about it for hey, the. At least it's not twenty two, twenty two. Oh, that would be that would be. Oh, that's too that's too many. Twos. That's too many. Twos. I won't even be alive. Twos. I won't even be around. Uh, so what are our other gaming stories? I, I've taken care of the miscellaneous ones. Well, we've got uh, we've got a few a here. Uh, perhaps we could talk oh, about. Um, let's see here. If we go in order, then I suppose it would only be fitting to talk about Blizzard and all of the goofiness that happened around them this year. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about both Blizzard stories together. Let us do just this. as a this is yeah. The let's let's just Blizzard do a combo talk. Blizzard moment. Indeed, um, uh, indeed. So as hey. just to preface this, mm-hmm. oh sorry, this is the part of the podcast I was saying where we're gonna get to the other bees. This is Blizzard. Mm-hmm. This is the Blizzard one. Yeah, I want to open this one. They laid off eight hundred people in February. They sure did. Yep. And uh, like I actually. Almost forgot that happened this year. I'll be real. Yeah, I thought that happened last year, but, no, but well, I think last year was, was here. We are. Yeah. So here's some. Okay, so let me just say, like, that's fucking. That's fucked, man. Mm. Especially because you're like, oh yeah, we made record profit. You know, we made record revenue this year. I made way more money than we did last year, and we're gonna lay off a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ugh. And then you're like, oh, that's a typical. That's pretty typical of industries like that. And I'm like. Well, deals industries are fucked up, man. Like, that's a really fucked up thing to do, to just drop that many people that, that you know, like, just instantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I can really say to that is uh, Game Workers Unite. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing with that one is uh, there is something said. This, this kind of goes out to software in general, um, in that a lot of people are hired on for particular projects. Yeah. So... Uh, I can't. I don't have a full accounting of who all got let 
eight hundred people is a lot. Let me let me first preface this by uh, saying that's a lot of people. You usually don't see a company lay off that many people all at once. Um, and it was pretty surprising for Blizzard to lay off all of these people again, like Zach said, because they had you know record. Uh, I think it was either record profits or revenue. Um, they were record revenue. Suffice it to say, they were doing what seemed to be pretty well. Uh, I don't know if this was a mass restructuring and that's why so many got let go. Uh, or maybe they just had a whole bunch of projects just finish off. But that doesn't necessitate 800. That's like... Neither of those are the case. Yeah. Um, what, what would they do? So they didn't expect to make as much money the next year. So they cut a bunch of salaries that they would have to pay. So that way their revenue would continue to increase. Oh, so they so going into 2020, they're expecting to not do as well. Yeah. So they said, hey, let's let's cut a bunch of stuff now. So that we can still say we have good revenue. I imagine exactly. that really wrecked morale for the people who were stale there. I imagine that's what it did. I'd imagine so. Yeah, it. It's never, it's never good to see a bunch of people get laid off all at once. Uh, and I remember correctly, I don't think there was any indication that it was coming. I think a lot of it was. Well, then again, I'll preface this. I don't think many people are given much heads up of, hey, you're going to get let go. Well, what I'm, yeah. what I'm saying um, is you're saying the justification, air quotes, or Zach was saying that, was, yeah. oh, they didn't think they were going to make as much money the year after. So if I'm working mm-hmm. for this company and I'm putting my heart and soul into a project this year and it gets released, but I know that this new year is something, does that mean that the work I'm doing is just invalidated? Like... If you think about it, that Again, makes it even that sends a really bad message to people. That basically tells you don't work hard, you probably won't be rewarded. It just seems like a bad business model. Uh, I don't know. I it, I, I don't it makes me I don't think happy. it's like that. I I think it's there's a business side to it that's kind of upsetting. Uh, I guess for me, it's if it is by a project thing, that's a lot of pe- that's a lot of talent to let go of on Blizzard. And Blizzard known for doing pretty quality stuff, so I'm kind of surprised there are that many going they didn't okay so they didn't fire i, I remember see, oh sorry go ahead zach they did not fire anybody who works directly on a game mm. almost all of their firing came from like promos i think they fired a lot of qa mm. uh, which is a real fucking problem but like they didn't fire like a programmer or an artist or like a designer or anything like I, that mm. so mm. to mm. them it's, it's they probably fired a lot of production staff yeah yeah. I, I mean, I, I would uh, say that it, it doesn't matter. It's still 800 people. That's still 800. Yeah, exactly. Lives, it's you know? it's not, like like not not to lessen the impact as much, but like you were talking from like the perspective of somebody who like makes art or makes uh, who does the programming yeah. or who does the design stuff. And those people are still on board. I, whereas mm. like they just got rid of your production. You know, they just got rid of half of your production staff, which is a real fucking problem. Mm. I yeah. yeah. So it was it was pretty unfortunate. Uh, if things had gone well for Blizzard, this would have been the only major like kerfuffle of 2019. But it wasn't. No, it was not. Was it? No, no one. They they oh, they God. messed up their PR, but good. Um. So the second story that was from Blizzard that actually took a while um, was the whole Hong Kong Blitzchung incident that happened in October. Uh, October 6th um, at a Hearthstone tournament, uh, a player named Blitzchung made a comment about the Hong Kong protests. And then Blizzard made the biggest PR kerfuffle they could have. They could have just, you know, said, hey, you know, 
stop. But no, they seemed very intent on making a big to-do about it for a bit. Mm. Well, I mean, okay, I think... It was... From I what believe I can... they suspended him for a year. He didn't get his winnings. And both uh, people who were interviewing him were also banned. Uh. Uh, and I think that got rolled back, but not entirely. But it was kind of like a... Yeah, it got it got commuted basically. Uh, mm-hmm. He he got his winnings removed and he got a six month ban. Mm-hmm. And he got that that got commuted to he got his actual fucking winnings, which is really fucked up, by the way. To take away someone's mm-hmm. winnings like after they had already won the tournament and you had already paid them, like that's fucked up, dude. But yeah. uh, um, but the the winnings were returned and the uh the duration of the punishment was shortened to three months. So the guys interviewing him, did they get their jobs back or are they still? Yeah, they, they got commuted, um, okay. as well. Like, I think, I think, uh, I gotta think about it. I think they're allowed to come back. I think they're still on suspension, but they're allowed mm. to come back eventually. Mm. Yeah. And that's, I, you know, they're probably not going to get work at Blizzard, Blizzard anymore. Um, yeah. but yeah. Uh, and then. I'm trying to think how to how to talk about this because we we generally try not to get too political on Nitwick, but well, it basically, is a political issue. Yeah, uh, so we'll, we'll be careful around this one. The uh, the the guy, you know, Blitzchung said something supportive of the Hong Kong protests. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, if you're listening to this many years in the future, or maybe you're not even aware of it, um, is a protest happening in Hong Kong. There very concerned about assimilation to the Chinese government and sort of kowtowing to the Chinese because Hong Mm -hmm. Kong feels like it's very separate from, from mainland China. Mm -hmm. Um, and that that's, that's basically what it's about. It's been going on for a long time. It, well, for now, and now it's been going on like six months. At the moment, the protest has been going on for a couple months. Um, as I read it, it was something like that, of that he made support of it. And then, uh, Blizzard had this thing, uh, where they, you know, they banned him and all that, and then people felt like the only reason you're doing this is to, you know, appease like the Chinese government or to, you know, kind of cut down on us talking about it. Uh, and it, again, I'm trying to be careful like how we word this because I can. I mean, they basically <sighs> did. Like I, I, I don't they know. Did. I don't want to get too stupid. It's just like they, they I, basically. I it's basically oh, so from what I know, the uh, like. The Blizzard China guys were the ones who were kind of pushing this. Mm-hmm. Um, what, to, to get him banned and all that? Yeah, like all that stuff. And corporate sort of went along with it. And then they got a massive backlash. And so they commuted the sentence. But they, they like still want to keep good relations with China. So they're kind of like kind of wiggling around so about it. It's really gonna, weird and annoying. I'm going to play devil's advocate for Blizzard at the moment. Um Blizzard has in its stipulations that as a company, when they're putting on these tournaments, you are, as a player, you kind of have a expected behavior on this. Um, they, the reasoning I remember reading was that they don't want people using them as a platform to, you know, push like any... To push their political, political message. Political right. Thing. And I, I'll be weird. I'll be... Not weird. I kind of agree with that sentiment is that like, if you want to stay as a business and actually be like, we don't want to suppress any kind of voice. You have to stay out of it with the idea that you're not going to use us to, to broadcast this opinion. Yeah. But okay. So I will say, hold on, hold on. Okay. I think what happened was more than it needed to like that, that punishment felt more extreme than it needed to be. Mm. 
Uh, I don't know their competitors' rules. I don't know if this was like a, hey, you knew this was a thing. And I, I think he, even he admitted in an interview later that he was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. But yeah, like the damage is kind of done. Like at I understand, that point. and I understand why they did their punishment, but I think they way overblew their punishment. And in addition to that, like when it comes to like political messages being said, like I don't know, man, like basically everybody, um, like all of the overwatch casters right like mm. on the gay pride uh during gay pride were like like a full-throated support of the gay community they were like putting the mm. pins on they were talking about it and it was just like like cool so th- you can make that political statement quite yeah, fine I, and that and i agree like, with you Zach. i don't know man like it's just like and and like the thing is that the, the whole point of the hong kong protest is a is it's not like a controversial issue outside of China, right? Mm-hmm. That's the only place that thinks of this as a very, very controversial as to whether, you know, it's it's very controversial that those protesters are doing X, Y, and Z. But, like, it, anywhere else in the world, you just look at it and be like, China's tyrannical. Hong Kong doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what the protest looks like to anybody outside. Mm. Yeah. So, like I said... Uh, so th- this event happened, and then the fallout of that was in BlizzCon of 2019, which was the November 1st one. Um, oh, yeah, where the guy didn't apologize, but he... Well... Sag- he this- says, I'm sorry, and then didn't apologize. Yeah, no, <laughs> I was about to agree with you. The guy the guy says, like, pretty much the, the only safe thing to say is we should have reconsidered what we did. And again, I'm not defending <sighs> him because I, I personally have some problems with the way they did it. It was just like... I get it, but you don't need to blow up. You overreacted, bro. If you wanted to play it cool, you should have played it cool. But you didn't, and now it looks really uncomfortable. Hey, uh, yeah, like, uh, it's just so weird, like, when he, like, went up there and said, like, I'm sorry, you make a big stink about it, but then, like, the rest of his statement doesn't really, like, state why he's sorry. That entire mm. statement and, like, it, read to me, like... <laughs> the it it read like a parody like i i I swear like if i took the words from it Mm -hmm. and put it in like an snl skit it would fit right at home it felt very fake it felt very like i I need to say this i need to say this Mm -hmm. blah 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 love overwatch uh, again it's i i hated it it, it's to make sure you they don't add further fuel to the fire kind of thing i'm I'm fully aware i'm fully aware it's damage Uh, control i just also feel like if you're going to do damage yeah. control, at least put on a better performance. And if you're going to try mm. and be genuine, then you need to do a better job. Like, it, it felt yeah, comical. Yeah. It felt like a comical thing. Mm. Well, you know what fucking kills me? Is that there's a lot mm. of stuff that's, like, banned in China that just shows up in games anyways. That, like, Blizzard actually makes. Well, not, not banned, but, yeah. like, you know, like, um, it, it's not just Blizzard. It's not just games. Like, um, you know, like, like movies. They're, like, shooting things uh, and then, like, taking them out for the audiences and what have you. And... Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. Kind of thing. Like kind of like kind of like how the uh sorry to bring this up but like how the uh the latest Star Wars movie that came exactly, out, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um that movie showed a scene of two women kissing each other. It had a lesbian mm-hmm. kiss. Showed up for a second at most. Mm-hmm. And um at the very least, I know that particular scene was just cut from the film in Singapore. Yeah. I'll be honest, we're getting so outside like, of the realm cool. of games, but suffice it to say, it was a pretty big event that happened for this year uh it as a closing thought on it blizzard if you were attempting to stay to keep you know politics and that kind of thought out of it you did a poor job and i perhaps, mean perhaps perhaps you know 
and, more careful or, and you, or think about it a bit better. You know why? You know why they got stuck in politics? Hmm. It's because, like, hey, Blizzard, you're an international company that has deals with a lot of governments. If you thought you were going to avoid politics, good fucking luck, dude. I, I'm a little yeah. disappointed just because, <laughs> I, like you were saying, Zach, I see Overwatch. I see how they have this portrayal of this big, inclusive, supportive community that stands up for, you know, the right thing. And it's very yeah. disappointing to see the company itself not standing by those principles and making it just feel very for show. I... I was very disappointed to see that. Yeah, but basically, like, Blizzard makes a big show and dance of being, like, supportive of communities and things like exactly. that. Like, as a company, they kind of want everybody to be their friend, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. like, when they do stuff like this, it feels like a lot of people who are who feel close to it. Not me, necessarily. I don't feel particularly close to Blizzard. You kind of feel a bit do. betrayed Yeah, you feel it. betrayed on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, I, I, I... It's like, why, why is all of this okay, but this one section is taboo kind of deal? Yeah, and, and then you, you, the more you kind of read into it, it's like uh, you see why uh, why they're doing it. But yeah, yeah. It, anyways, yeah, it, it's kind of sad. I'll say this: it's kind of soured me on on Blizzard a bit. I, I feel I'm still play Overwatch. I don't really know if I'll I'll probably I probably will pick up Overwatch too. But I sometimes it's just like, boy, Blizzard, I, I don't really feel like great about this right you know now. That, that sums up my feelings is i just i feel soured and i feel a little disappointed and um i'm yeah, yeah i think that's the main takeaway is that you're i'm more disappointed that in in that company but you know companies will be companies it's true kind of deal. and we have uh we have one more big b to talk about one more big b to talk about Adam. is it a bumblebee no is it the b movie no it's uh bethesda yo what's up with the b movie <laughs> it's fucking oh. It's Bethesda. Can we, Bethesda. Can we go over this quickly? Because none of us, none of us have played Fallout 76. Oh, I know. But so the I shot like it's mostly just so like good. the shot in Freud is so It's good. just oh. so, it's again, like, I think you this guys one, mentioned it at some point before being like, hey, Zach, are you going to play Fallout 76? You really, you know, you like Bethesda games. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not that into the Fallout series. And I got fucking lucky. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about this a bit. Um, this one was just more because, again, the kind of. Issues with Fallout 76 continued into 2019, but they are getting better. I There was a lot of yeah. patches. There were still issues. Uh, it's dealing with a bunch of stuff. I think its first big content update with the Wastelanders is coming out, mm -hmm. um, and that's adding a bunch, of, a bunch of stuff like, hey, a battle royale mode and NPCs and dialogue trees and all the things that make a Fallout game a Fallout game are going to be here. Mm. Yeah. A but year again, later. Do you remember what we said? And I think we even said this last last up uh, last year in our 2018 one or yeah, last yeah. year. Thank you. First impressions do matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to recover from a bad first impression. Oh yeah. Fallout 76 is probably not helping itself with its year one subscription model, where <sighs> after buying the game for sixty dollars or less, because those things went on sale quickly, Ooh. you could buy a subscription to get even more goodies and stuff and it's like but why bethesda i bought your game but why mm. yeah it was just like dude oh what to be fair like i would wait until fallout 76 goes on sale for like 20 bucks mm -hmm. like i would pay 20 dollars to see the trash fire i you know what surprises me is I'm I'm wondering why they haven't been trying to hype up uh, the next in the Elder Scrolls series because I know they've done work on that and they haven't really been talking about uh, it. It is probably not ready. I, I understand. Yeah, it's I probably would, not even close to I ready. Would suffice to say that it's probably not ready. Uh, 
I actually watched a really interesting video. Uh, there's this guy called Matthew McMuscles on uh, YouTube. Mm. Okay. And he does a show called What Happened. Mm-hmm. And he did two about Fallout 76. And they're pretty interesting. I guess Fallout 76 is a weird mishmash of like three different studios all trying to cobble something together. Oh. And boy, does it show. Oh. You know, where it's like, I guess... Uh, Bethesda Montreal or something was handed the source code for Fallout 4 and said, you have 24 months to make this into a multiplayer game. Oh, God. Uh, What the fuck? They're just like, hey, take this game. This makes so much sense. Wait, is that why? Wait, is that why hackers have been able to, like, import Fallout 4 models just straight into the game? Yes, very likely. Fallout 4 engine. Oh, my God. If you thought, boy, Fallout 76 looks a lot like Fallout 4, you're not far off. Mm. It is. It is Fallout 4. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll be honest. It's on the stories list. I have very little let, to say let, about Fallout 76 other than... Let's, let's move on. It's, uh, yeah, cool. it's than, a dead boy, horse. It's, it's a dead horse. Um, it's, we a, have it's a dead, dumb, dead horse. It is. A story from February 4th. Ooh. I put this on here because we talked about it last year. Mm-hmm. Um. 2018 was pretty much ruled by one game and one game only, and that's Fortnite. You know what was really funny is, like, I was listening to Uh last year's episode, and we were talking about how Fortnite was, like, the biggest, the biggest thing. It was everywhere. And? Mm -hmm. And this year? (laughs) In a, what I'll only call probably the weirdest stealth release (laughs) in all of gaming. Oh, yeah. Modern gaming that I know. Oh, my God. February 4th. Apex Legends shows up. Now, I'm going to be real. Apex Legends had no promotion. It had no announcement trailer, except for the, hey, it's out, go play it now. Um, It had pretty much nothing. Everything I read says this thing just showed up out of nowhere and immediately, like, became a big contender for Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Like, so, a, I think they did do... fighter for it. So, yeah, they, they went toe-to-toe with fucking Fortnite basically off the fact that like the only media that they did for it was like streamers they paid streamers to play apex mm-hmm. and but i'm talking about like pre-release stuff like oh yeah yeah like, yeah release day i mean like i never saw a trailer i didn't know that there was no like release date trailer announcement trailer it's just this game is here listen i think it's just because fortnite did not have a strong competitor and mm-hmm. apex legends is a solid game like i have played it with friends it is fun to play right it is it is enjoyable as an experience. It has it's a character. It's sort of like a hero action game too, and so you kind of like get to play around with that. Like there's lots of cool aspects to Apex Legends and that make it very good as a competitor to Fortnite. And I think it's just because mm-hmm. it is the only competitor to Fortnite that is that is as well made or I suppose wanna, kind of well made. Fortnite you hear is its own weird else? thing. Yeah, Fortnite is its own weird thing. It's still doing good. Like, yeah. not to say Apex killed Fortnite. And I actually think some of the hype around Apex Legends has probably cooled off by now. And Fortnite kind of gets to waddle its way I'm over. Just, yeah, Fortnite is still number one. But yeah, Battlegrounds... Um, Fortnite... So basically, like, Battlegrounds... Mm-hmm. I forget the name, full name of the game. Um, uh, PUBG. PUBG, yeah. PUBG kind of, like, went to the wayside and Apex came to take its place, essentially. Mm-hmm. I'm just so happy for Respawn. Like... After yeah. after doing all they could with Titanfall to have them like come out with a game that no one I don't imagine people had a lot of faith in and just have it like shoot into the Explode. sky. It, it's like it's a good mm. feel good story. Like it makes me very happy. So let me ask this question: mm-hmm. Is Respawn owned by Activision? It's owned by EA. You know why? Yep. Here is a pet theory I've had for a while. 
I think the reason Apex Legends showed up as a stealth announcement was because Anthem had just fucking, like, fell on its face. Mm, very, very possible. Oh. Very possible. Yeah. Anthem was EA's destiny killer, but then it didn't do anything. So, I have a... I wonder if it was just like, a, hey, we need something out right now to look good. Respawn, what do you have? Oh, we have this Apex thing. Good, put it out. I, nothing can confirm that for me. It's strictly a looking at the timing of the events. That... I want yeah. to preface that I don't know if that's the case. That's just what that's just what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, Apex looks pretty cool. It is looks pretty. It's neat. a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun. Uh, we already talked about Anthem. We did. So no, nothing more to say about. Well, that. Well, but we can talk about the future the of gaming. Star- <gasps> Drew, yes. <laughs> I may be a time traveler, but I can't time travel into the future. <laughs> what does the future of gaming hold? Well, if you are a Google man, which I think you might be, Adam, then uh, you might be able to stream. <gasps> I have your, Googled before. You can stream your games through the magic of Stadia, the system that. Oh my God! Pseudo launched a this system year. that. <laughs> And a system that that kind of that kind of launched, and I don't care about it. Can we move on? Like, I want to talk about Stadia when it's relevant. Uh, it is relevant. It's out right now, dude. Yeah, but it doesn't like who the fuck plays Stadia. That's the point, my dude. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, it's not relevant because nobody fucking plays so, it. Here's the thing. I I wanted to talk about it because Stadia it coming out and launching is somewhat relevant. Hmm. And okay. I say this because Stadia being out was pimped out by Google to be the future of gaming in that in the future, nobody would actually own consoles or anything. Every game would be streamed. And I think a part of me wondered when it was first getting announced if that actually was where uh, gaming was was headed. Mm -hmm. So you look at stuff like Netflix, you look at stuff like Hulu and all that stuff, and all of those things are streamed. And so you kind of wonder, I wonder if games can be streamed like that. Uh, I thought Stadia was interesting if only because it was a first crack at it by one of the biggest companies in like the world right now, which was Google. Mm. Yeah, and, and and it shows up and does fuck all. Mm. Yeah, it, uh, I don't know who uses it. Well, um, and you're absolutely right, Zach. It, it, nobody, nobody that I know uses it, and it feels like it kind of disappeared. But I felt like it disappearing was worth talking about because of it just. If it's showing up and then it's immediate absence. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like kind of a what happened here. Like I I feel like it was just a case of like people tried it out. They were like, it works if your internet is fantastic. And then you're like, oh, well, my internet's not fantastic, so I'm not gonna get this. And I think it's just Mm -hmm. like they're they were expecting people to like jump ship to a new console without putting anything on the console. But that's the weird thing is if you look at Stadia's uh, release lineup, there were actually a couple big games on there. Yeah, but they uh, weren't like, like they really weren't, popular, but nothing new. Yeah, exactly. It was nothing new. They, there was like no new game on there. So you're like, I already have this game. Why do I want to play it on Stadia? They were banking mm-hmm. very heavily on Doom Eternal, which I believe got pushed back. And when it is released, it's supposed to run oh, fantastically no. on it. That's the theory. So, mm-hmm. you know, if that okay. works, you know, good for them. Uh, with me, it's more a matter of, you know, the idea of Stadia succeeding and gaming streaming uh, mm-hmm. succeeding means less ownership for gamers and less ownership for me as games that I own and play. And it's, you know, more tied into this ecosystem. The kind of, you don't really own stuff, you're just kind of renting it. Yeah, like, yeah. Thought. And it, it's, mm. it's weird because I, I really don't have a problem with that when it comes to movies or, or even music. Like, 
you know, two other mediums that I love. But the idea mm-hmm. that, you know, my games would just be given and taken based off of this service feels very... Okay, so let me put it to you like this. Like, with a video game, it's very different from, like, uh, of a movie or a piece of music. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. like, hey, if you can't find... Well, the movie is a little bit harder, but, like, if you're, like... Oh, hey, the server's down on Spotify. Then, cool, go to YouTube. Mm. Like, mm. so, like, and and there's a real possibility, especially with something like a Stadia service, is that if that service goes down, you just lost a whole bunch of games, and you spent a buttload of money on all those games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so each and every single one of them is a big, significant purchase. I was going to say, um, to me, it also comes back to kind of the, you know, we've said before that the, the the unique thing about games is it being an interactive medium mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that. And Drew, I'm not, this isn't to try to put words in your mouth. I'm just trying to rationalize I, why. Because I, I, I was also thinking of that of like, why am I more okay with streaming like a movie or a song rather than a game? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, because with those, it's a, it's a one-time experience. You're going to get the same experience with the game. It's like, you know, you could play it in one way or the other. And then if it's just streaming, then that you kind of lose all of the, all of the kind of value had not just the upfront cost of paying mm-hmm. it but like now you can't play that game and get that experience anywhere else where like zach said like if you want to watch a movie or a uh or listen to a song you could there's other mediums for it you... uh to me the thing with stadia that i thought was funny was when you looked at its technical requirements mm-hmm. and how much data this thing is going to like use up mm-hmm. yeah uh the United States does not have a great network infrastructure. It just doesn't. It does not have one. Mm. Uh, we were the forerunners and we paid the price. Yes. <laughs> like, like big cities have better network, but we're not the kind of net places that have like the strong, stable networks of like other countries mm. and stuff like that. Uh, part of that is due to physicality, but part of that is we just don't have the in- infrastructure. Mm. Like, we we built our we, we built our it's stuff really first, to... and people made better versions and set them up later. It's just mm-hmm. the reality right now. Uh, and you know, and also our to... country is really big. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that that was my point about the physicality of like there is a physical limit of we probably won't have as good a network, but that's because we're much bigger. Uh, I think the thing that for me that that got me about Google and Stadia was they were asked, "Hey, what do I do if you know network companies won't support this?" And Google's response was, we think people will be so blown away by Stadia that they'll just jump on board and that the, you know, the cable companies will change to help us with Stadia. Which is... And I immediately knew this project was dead. Yeah. It's just like... like that's that's not happening. Yeah, pretending the, the cable companies are going to do anything in this world is... That's a fucking stretch, my dude. I don't know if you yeah. talk to any cable company on this earth... Yeah, it but. it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, you know, with like, uh, well, I can't. I, we were talking about like Blizzard and stuff. Like that. It's like these are like just giant companies that are trying to get out to make that money. Uh, the worst part not is going to bend over backwards for you to make sure your product works. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, come on, Google, you've talked to these guys before. They're not just going to randomly do this shit. So I wonder how long Stadia will be alive. Mm. I wonder, you know. To me, what it strikes me as is that somebody had this idea in a very enclosed space and thought, this will work if we make this public, you know, kind of like the this works in a very controlled environment where you get to control the network and all of the bits. But this doesn't work out in the greater U.S. Mm. like at all. So uh, 
yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it'd be interesting to chat about it just because it was like, they really did seem like think like this is going to be the big thing. And it's like, you know, if anybody were to do it, it would be Google, but then they didn't. So, you know, who knows? So we move on to our last story. Yes, we shall. What I would... Hey, so November 21st, 2019. Where were you when ha- when Valve announced Half-Life 3? Or Half-Life Alex, to be precise. Listen, uh, I don't want to talk about Half-Life Alex until anything happens. But you know where I was? I was sitting in a chair. I was watching a screen. And I was like, well, that's cool. They finally did it. <laughs> oh, man. Um... I have such well, conflicting thoughts. I will thoughts. butt Zach out of the conversation. <laughs> I have such yeah. conflicting thoughts on it. Just because, on the one hand, cool, more Half-Life. I'm happy to see Valve releasing games mm-hmm. again. And um, for what it's worth, the idea of Valve coming in hot with their VR system, their VR launch title, and just being like, hey, we're VR now. We're the we're the Nintendo of VR is like kind of an interesting Are idea. Are they... Um, are they launching their own VR headset? I thought they already had one. Well, they're going to, like, this is going to be for it, it, right? Like, this is going to tie into, hey, buy, oh, our, okay. buy our system, I believe. Or that was my my, my belief, because oh, okay. they were... I thought they had, like, the HTC Vive. Maybe that was just a, hey, we really like this thing, but not our, like, Valve-approved, Valve-made he- a, a VR headset. My, my impression was, you know, they are going to double down on VR with Alex. You know, a hot IP, mm-hmm. a very big name, attention-grabbing thing. And my thought would be they would use that to get more people to get into their their little VR ecosystem. So that would be my thoughts for why they would do this with Half-Life. Uh, whether or not that's mm-hmm. true, you know, it's just a just a theory, but uh, it's what, what are we? I it's mm-hmm. what was implied to me. Um, I love Half Life. I think it's a great series. I have had a ton of fun with it. Little let down by the fact that it's basically a a prequel chapter. I was kind of hoping if they were gonna have so a is, release, is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, it, it's it's a prequel to Half Life. Uh, is it a prequel to Half-Life 1 or Half-Life 2? I or? believe it's a prequel to Half-Life 2. Um, I believe it's... Because mm-hmm. you see... you see um, Spoilers. You see the Citadel being built. Or you see the Citadel in some mm-hmm. kind of state. Which tells you it is before mm-hmm. Episode 2. So it's either something, bet- something after Episode... Something after... It's either after Half-Life 2 or before Half-Life 2, but that still makes it a prequel given what we have for the episodes. So it's it's not mm-hmm. new content or it's not, you know, the story going forward, which is what I personally would have liked. And that's why I'm a little let down. Yeah. But everyone knows if it sells it, well, they'll make another one. And uh, I'd be cool with that. I would be very happy to see 3 be a full 3 and not a 2.5 <laughs> or whatever the heck this thing is. Yeah, this... It's weird because I think I've said before, I've never actually played the Half-Life games, um, but I guess to me, it came out and I, I felt like when I saw that headline, uh, I thought more people would be excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they thought more people would be excited. I know a lot of people were, but I also had this just sense of who actually was still looking forward, like, you know, like expecting Half-Life 3 to show up. Let me ask you this question. Do you think they didn't call it Half-Life 3 so they can still hold that over people? I think... As like, ooh, I, we can still do Half-Life 3. I, not, I think so. This is I, I definitely think so. I think, um... I think this is something where... that This is why I think it's a little bit more about showing off VR technology than it is about, you know, man, we love this series, it's back. 
I think when they do three, it'll mm-hmm. be a lot more like a, like a DMC five, like we're back kind of thing. And I think this is more of a, hey, pay attention to us moments. And I'm cool with it because, you know, it's a great world. It's a great everything. Um, I just, I just mm-hmm. really hope it's good. I just really hope it's good. Trailer looked cool. I'm excited for the future. Do you think you're going to get a VR headset to play this or are you going to like try to co-op somebody else's set I, to, I think, to play? I think I am going to head on over to a friend's place and say, hey, you've bought this, right? Like someone who already has a headset will absolutely pick up Alex and talk about it. And I'll scoot on over and see if it's for me. And mm-hmm. if it really blows my mind, who can say? Maybe it'll make me a believer. But for now, uh, I've stayed away from VR for a while for several different reasons and uh it's a it's a big hassle to set up and everything like that Uh, and and just the i i like i know it's set up alone is enough to kind of distract like i know it's like an interesting technology i know there's a lot you could do with it but i also know a lot of the games i like to play like they work very well in the format they're already created in and i think as a developer it would probably just add an extra layer of difficulty in like telling a story telling a narrative and i think that's why a lot of vr stuff has been more more tech demo than like experience mm. in you know my observation yeah and if this can change that that would be very cool but i i i want to see what happens i want to see what happens it's an interesting thing to see it's an yeah, interesting that's fair. i mean we don't really know much about it so it was more on here because it was quite a surprise to just see that show up. I, I definitely wasn't expecting to see that. I don't know how many other people were expecting a new Half-Life in uh, oh, no, I, it, 2020, it, it, I guess. It came out of nowhere for me. I was like, this is a joke, right? This is this is some some weird April Fool's BS. This got to be a huge goof, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those were our the stories we pulled from... 2019 indeed indeed what a year what a, what a wild year actually lots of lots what, of weirdness just going on left and right for every studio yeah every studio had controversy this year huh cool yeah, yeah. but the future so what's up next Drew? oh well what's up next is the future <gasps> the future we are gonna go ahead oh, and boy. uh Damn. dream a little bit guys what are you guys what are you guys excited for mm-hmm. what are you guys excited for in 2020 what's happening next well I mentioned a lot of twos earlier. Mm, I'll quickly run through them. In, okay. in, in successive order of excitement. Oh. So from least excited to most excited. Excited about Psychonauts 2. Oh, you know, yeah. Be fun. yeah, yeah. Really? And then okay. uh, pretty excited, pretty dang excited about Bravely Default 2. I did see that one. That one looked cool. And then extremely excited about Deadly Premonition 2. <laughs> That was such a fucking oh surprise. God. I think <laughs> that's such a left I, field announcement from this year. I'm hyped for Deadly Premonition too. I want that. I think I we had it. a section last year for like biggest gaming surprise. That would be a that would be mine for this that would year. Be, oh like, my god! What the what? fuck do you mean? There's a Switch port for? Hey, hold on. There's a Switch port for Deadly Premonition. Do you think you might stream that? Um, I'd need a capture card. Okay. Well, I actually, but I've heard it actually works. <laughs> it's not broken. Uh. But yeah, so there was a Switch port, and there's Deadly Premonition 2, which I remember watching the announcement for it and thinking, this has got to be a joke. This is stupid. Who would actually give that man more money? I was like, psych, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> he just come. he comes back from the dead. No one saw him coming. Like, mm-hmm. admittedly, like, I bet a lot of people felt like that, uh, felt the same way about Yoko Taro 
before Near Automata came out. So, yeah. so it's not that surprising that like some of these auteur uh, game makers are, are out there making games and stuff. Mm. But it is very funny. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. who the fuck would have expected Deadly Premonition 2? I bet if you had even asked, uh, I think it's Suda51? Or is it... Uh, Swery. It's Swery. Yeah. Even if you if you had like asked Swery and was like, do you think there's going to be another Deadly Premonition? He'd be like, no. <laughs> Maybe he'd laugh at you and then he'd just laugh. Like, yeah. he'd close the door and then get ba- back to work making uh, Deadly Premonition 2. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, so those are the twos I'm talking about. Uh, my list uh-huh. also includes uh, the FF7 remake, kind of, we'll see. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tales of Arise. That seems like it's going to be fun. It's probably going to be on the Switch. I, I wish ah, you luck with that. The... I, I fell off the Tales series many years ago. I... I have yet to get on the Tales series, what? so I want to see what the hype's about. Symphonia, uh, Zach, the, the two. I liked Symphonia. <laughs> I played through like half of it and then stopped. Like I couldn't oh, fully get on the horse, I, I, and I want to get on the horse. Very understandable. Very understandable. I uh... I look forward to next year when you tell us I got on the horse, then immediately got <laughs> off. Yeah, like I feel like that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, although like. Oh man, I didn't even talk about the two biggest games I played this year, but we'll get to well, that. Well, we haven't gotten the game of the mm-hmm. year, so. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Adam, do you have any games you're excited for next year? Why? Yes, I Why do. Why don't you uh, um, lay them on me? There. I'll. Mm-hmm. So, from our list, I'm still interested to see what happens with Bayo Three. I hope we get something in 2020 about it. Uh, but it's not on my list because I really don't know at that game. That game has gone into the nebulous. It was just—it's just a thing that's out there. So for the games I'm looking forward to in 2020, uh, I am really excited to see that Final Fantasy VII remake. I didn't realize this, but apparently it was announced in 2015, what? and it's only just now coming wow. out. Yeah. Wow. That yeah, it was announced ages ago. Time has kind of slipped away from me on that one. Yeah. Uh, I am really excited. It for does that look one. beautiful. I, I, I have I, to say, I—I'm very mm-hmm. impressed with what they've done with it. From the trailers. <laughs> As somebody who really wanted to get into FF7 but couldn't just because of, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things of, I don't always count visuals as a big thing, but I was like, boy, this game does not look great. Um, I'm really excited to see it in this new gameplay style, new art style. Uh, the other game I'm looking forward to is, of course, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, I can't wait for that one Your to come Your childhood out. dreams uh, made real. Oh, God. <laughs> so excited uh i'm also looking forward to cyberpunk 2077 yeah uh, i'm really excited for a new cyberpunk techno thing to show up i'm uh, mildly I'm, I'm i'm like at the same level of excitement for cyberpunk 2077 as i am for bravely default 2 i'm like i'm pretty stoked on it it looks pretty, pretty excited but not super stoked yeah i'm pretty stoked yeah. on that uh, I'm also looking forward to something about Elden Ring. Mm. I, I oh, Elden Ring. What Elden that Ring is a good point. Uh, I want that so game to release. I haven't really been on the FromSoft Souls-like train in a while. I, I played, you know, I loved Bloodborne and all that stuff. I tried getting into 3, but kind of bounced off of it. Really wasn't interested in Sekiro. Um, but I am interested to see what Elden Ring has to offer. Elden Ring, uh, I hear, I, is Dark Souls again. I'd be okay with that. Um, it's, I hope it's not exactly Dark Souls because we haven't seen anything of it. Yeah, so All I think seen like what I've trailer. heard, what I've heard about Elden Ring, and I've been hearing mm-hmm. this through the grapevine, is that it is 
Dark Souls like. It is. It feels like a spiritual successor to the Dark Souls series. Hmm. And I think that I think that'd be that'd be good. Um, and then the last game I'm looking forward to in 2020 is No More Heroes Three. Hmm. I am pretty stoked to see. I, I got to be honest. I, I would never have thought that that game. Oh, baby, was are we coming? I thought Travis Strikes Again would be the it. That it was just a weird thing. Yet here we are. It's the Switch and no more Wiimote controls. Excellent. Um, I'm really hoping that we get ports of No More Heroes 1 and 2 because I have No More Heroes 2, but I never played it because it was on the Wii and my Wii was being dead. Mm. Oh. Well, you can't have a dead Wii. Yeah, no. no, Oh, god damn it. (laughs) Fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Sex joke. Drew, what are you excited about in 2020? Well. Let's see here, Adam. I've got I've got a few things I'm excited for. I think 2020 will be a unique year in many ways. Uh, for one thing, mm-hmm. um, I've been gibbering and jabbering about Hades for a while, but it'll be really nice to see it be real, be complete, complete. So I'm interested to see what's mm-hmm. going to happen with that. And I don't even know if that quite counts as a thing to be hopeful for, but, you know, I, I just... Mm-hmm. Let's count it. I, I want to know what 1.0 is going to be since early access like kind of mm-hmm. keeps it out of the running for a lot of things and I know a lot of people are waiting until it's done done to give it a shot and I'm I'm just interested to see how they cap it off how they really say this is our final product just cuz you know it's it's mm-hmm. been such a journey this year you know like seeing all the updates and just yeah. finally ha- it's like the game that I got really surprisingly into I didn't think I'd get as into it as I did um yeah it seemed to have been like that's your game of 2019 I mean, man yeah yeah pretty much um aside yeah. from that so uh go ahead go ahead uh i just one thing i want to say is is that like uh with when it comes to super giant games mm-hmm. like you get to the end of that game and i always feel like i just i just want to grab all eight devs that work at super giant games and just give them a big old hug and be like man you guys made such a good game thanks so much (laughs) and then (laughs) like that's what i want to do every time i get to the end of those games and then they walk away with an acoustic guitar song telling you that you have to let go and like damn it super giant you can't just leave normal (laughs) you gotta be like this listen they have to leave on a bittersweet note that's how they that's what yeah the ending to hades will be bittersweet and i'm ready for i'm ready you know it is gonna be right you you know it's gonna be something like heart-wrenching but go on with your list Well, let's see here as as with you adam i am very ready to see what cyberpunk 20 2077 becomes um Mm -hmm. I, you know, uh, I'm really excited for uh, the new Guilty Gear coming out. I, uh, I, oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I have never been that into fighting games, and this is the first one where I've been watching it and listening to music and just like really getting into the whole world and like what they're trying to do with that series. And I'm just so excited to like have have a fighting game that I'm actually gonna play and get hyped for and maybe get invested in. So I'm really excited oh, to see like, what happens. Like there. how. Like how me and Persona 4 Arena? Uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, you know, like, I, I got I've seen fighting games. A lot of them just, like, haven't appealed to me for whatever reason. But the aesthetic to this one just rocks my damn world. And I have listened to that theme song so many times this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's obnoxious. Um, but I am really excited for that game. Uh, just, yeah, nice. I mean, it might be terrible, but I it looks really sick. And I'm ready for it. And uh, gonna put a special mention in here. Um, 
over the Christmas holiday, uh, my brother gifted me Vampire the Masquerade, which I've been, you know, kind of, <gasps> yeah. Shit, I forgot. Oh my God, I need to play that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's something I've wanted to play for a while. I just like, you know, never made the time and now it's in my face. I am just going to force myself mm-hmm. to go through it. Um, and that said, apparently a sequel's coming in. So it seems like the right time to get hyped there up. There is, yeah. So... 2020 is going to have, um, I don't think it's going to have any, like, big dropping releases. Like, nothing's going to top having Devil May Cry 5 and Death Stranding in the well, same year. But yeah, I think it'll have some good ones. And I'm pretty excited to see what oh, comes out. Uh, I forgot to mention, one of the big, uh, one thing I was really looking forward to in 2020 is RE Remake 3. Oh, yeah. RE3 Remake. Yeah. That should be pretty good. Yeah, you yeah. know. Like, I don't know. In terms of, like, new IPs, which is the thing I get the most excited about, like, mm. I feel like this year is going to be kind of, like, low-key, and so I, I think... Yeah, I have a feeling this will be a lot of, uh, well, I mean, Cyberpunk will be a big new IP. Well, not really, because it's based on a tabletop game. It'll be its first video game appearance. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If Elden Ring shows up, that could be a new IP. I feel like, yeah, Elden Ring, and Elden Ring if it comes out, and then, like cyberpunk 2077 and that's going to be kind of like in terms of like the really big releases mm-hmm. to me is least. elden ring i, I would actually for 2020 mm-hmm. I, I thought it was like no I don't know. Okay. that's that's what we were saying if it no does one. show up which i don't think it will I yeah think it'll show up in 2021 okay, okay. um yeah. but yeah it's a lot of hey here are things that were delayed that maybe aren't new but like these are big things coming um yeah, a lot of sequels, but that's pretty much the case for a lot of stuff. Games are pretty much driven by sequels nowadays. Indeed. Yeah. Well, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. Well, that is true, Adam. But there's one more thing we have to do before we uh, we cap this episode <gasps> off. I w- what we got to do? Love to know your y'all's games of the year, and in a way, game of the decade, as we're about to enter a new one. So what do you say? Oh, oh man, God. I don't think I'm not. Listen, I'm not going to make a game of the decade. Yeah, I can't do a game game of the the year. Do a game of the year. Do a game of the year. Does any of you have a game of the year? Do either of you have a game of the year? Zach, I have a feeling I know your game of the year. I have two games that utterly consume me in the second half of this year. Now, let me ask you this question, because we did this last year. Uh, I think we said you can do a game of the year where you think this is... Like, this is just a stellar game. Then there's also the game of your year, which is a game that kind of took up pretty much all of your year it was kind of your all-consuming thing so right um you can do t- mix and match so I why guess. don't i why don't i do this i'm gonna have a game of the year that mm-hmm. both consume my time and i probably put at the top and then have two runner-ups okay um so the big games of this year oh man i wish i could bring up Shadowbringers. <laughs> um you i can. like i well yeah i can but uh just the, the tiniest mention uh I really enjoy Shadowbringers, but I don't want to put it on this list because I haven't actually finished the expansion, mm-hmm. um, which is a real fucking disappointment. Uh, but the, the the two runners up I want to bring up. The first one um, is the one I just beat like earlier today, um, mm-hmm. which is Code Vein. Code Vein, man, it scratched that Dark Souls itch. <laughs> Good for you, man. <laughs> and like at the same time, it was also just really edgy anime bullshit. <laughs> And I was like, okay, <laughs> like you get, I get towards the end of the game and I was like, I was like, okay, well, all right, this is boring now. Like I started getting tired of it towards the end of it, but like, 
I enjoyed the ride. I enjoyed the characters. It seemed like so much fun. And apparently it takes place in the same world as God Eater. Yeah. Which is like, I, what? That was a big twist. <laughs> that was, that that was a like, twist that I didn't understand because I've never played a God Eater say, game. Did Ian explain that one yes, to you? Yes, Ian explained it to me. Like, after the final cutscene, I was, like, talking to him and he was like, yeah, that's that's what's going on there. And I'm like, oh, that explains so goddamn much. That, that, like, mm-hmm. that, that makes sense. Like, he showed it to me, and I'm like, hmm, that's cool. And then I was talking about how excited I would be to see, like, a Code Vein 2. I'd love to see a Code Vein 2. But, yeah, so uh, the other runner-up this year is probably Civilization VI. Are you sure, Zach? What was that, 300 hours? Just 300 hours? <laughs> I put more. I probably put more hours into the into my final one, but yeah, uh, I, I couldn't believe that one. I would probably have to go look it up, but yeah, no, I put a lot of hours. Um, the other thing, and, and the other thing is that uh, I, I tend to play Civ Six while like watching YouTube videos and stuff, and so like my attention on those that game isn't, isn't as much as I did for this one. Um, so Civ Six, such an enjoyable game. It's so much fun to like work on the map editor. It's so much fun to play the game itself. Um, I'm but it, like. And, like, the expansions have been really fun to play. My one issue with Civ Six is that, like, I haven't quite been able to, uh... So I haven't been able to, like, quite... Uh, like, like the big, big conversion mods that usually come out for Civilization Six still haven't come out yet. And so I'm, I'm still waiting for, like, a big fantasy conversion mod that adds, like, magic and wizards and shit. And I'd be like, alright, now I'm hype. <laughs> um... <laughs> Like that's that's what I get really hyped about in the Civ games is those big total conversion mods. Those are fun. Mm, nice. Um, so those are your. But my actual. Those those are my runner ups. And then the big winner. My, the big winner this year has got to be Fire Emblem Three Houses. Ah, there yeah. it is. I can see that. There it it is. is. That game was very much consuming for like multiple months, mm-hmm. um, and it was. It was a wild ride. I loved the characterization. The characters were really fun. the The gameplay was pretty slick. Like, it might have been the least exciting element to me, but like the story was really fun. The characters are good. the The mechanics were solid. Um, the overall gameplay was pretty good, especially once I started getting quick battles. Thank God. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, just overall, just an amazing experience playing a game. And like, they're gonna put out a DLC like in a few months. And I'm like, I've already paid for it. I'm just going to like download it and then just boom, we're going to, I'm going straight back into it um, just to finish up the rest of the routes in that game. Because like that game was, again, that, that was, that was, an, that was a long-term RPG that was so fun. I played it twice. Nice. Nice. So and yeah. You, you still is, have the third, maybe fourth routes. As yeah. Well. Yeah. There's, there's routes three and four that I still need to do. And I'm going to do when I get the DLC. So oh yeah, God. that is that is uh, my game of the year, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Fantastic. I just realized. I for- Fantastic. Mm. Well, okay. Zach, excellent choice. Adam, what is your Geo the year? I'm gonna I'm gonna loop back because I just realized I forgot a game I was looking forward to in 2020. Oh, oh. I can't believe this because I was thinking of games I played this year. I really hope something of Breath of the Wild Two oh, shows yeah. up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh I, I, I hope I hear. Shit. I hope I hear news about it. I will lose my shit if that game shit like is released. Mm. That will um, wow, yeah, no, that would be insane. That would blow me. Away. Okay, so I, I guess I'll let me think. Do I have any runners up? Um, I guess I'll do two. One would be. Uh, I played Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night. That was a really fun game. That'd be a runner up. That'd be 
Um, I really recommend it. If you guys like Metroidvania games, it was totally worth uh, trying out and playing. Uh, another runner-up I'll have is... <laughs> I played Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed Untitled Goose Game because... And I put it as a runner-up. It is not the longest game I've played. It is not necessarily even the most innovative game I've played. But it had an experience that I played it that I haven't felt in a really long time. And that was the experience of sitting around with a bunch of my friends, watching somebody go through this game for the first time, and just enjoying it with Mm -hmm. them kind of deal. Oh, yeah. Um, It's very... That game is... It's very pure. I was thinking about, like... mm -hmm. I almost want to put that as a her-her untitled goose game. But the more I thought about it, I was like... You know what? I actually really like that game. It would be a runner-up. I think I'd go Untitled Goose Game, uh, Bloodstained, but y'all know what my game of the year is. I gotta, oh, I gotta, I gotta. <laughs> you, you gotta know what I it is. I got an inkling. Oh, it's got, it's gotta be Devil May Cry Five. There it is. There, oh, yeah, there it is. Glorious. Oh, it Here we are. So good. Glorious, glorious. Um, it's a game that, you know. I played. It was so good. I play. I bought it twice and beat it twice on two different consoles. Mm. <laughs> uh, I explained that story before, but it was, hey, it's release day, and the copy I ordered for my PS4 uh, hasn't shown up on Amazon. Fuck it. I guess I'm buying the Steam version because I'm playing it right now. Mm. And then my PS4 copy showed up, and I had to get that. I had to beat that one. Uh, I really like that game a lot. It was a really good game. Hey man, it's uh, great choice. I enjoy it a lot. Yes, I'll give solid. one more special shout out, and I did this last year. Um, so last year, I was talking about how the game of my year was Breath of the Wild because I was playing it. This year, I beat it. Um, and but I also want to make a special notion to Death Stranding mm-hmm. because I'm I'm in a special. Uh, sorry, I'm in a similar situation to what Zach was saying. Of I want to say this game because I'm so excited for it, but I haven't played mu- as much of it as I probably should to make it a game of the year thing. Yeah, like I don't want to. I don't want to make something game of the year if I haven't like gotten a full experience playing it. I'm, I'm right there with you. So kind of like what you did with Shadowbringers, of just want to give a special shout out. I really want to give a special shout out to Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. I really like that game. Uh, I am eager to put more time into it when I'm again kind of feeling in the mood to play something that that. Uh, kind of heavier atmospheric mm-hmm. on it but that's it for me that that for that fantastic year. Drew, how about well you? uh my uh my picks are very similar to yours actually <laughs> um i have not beaten death stranding i want to give honorable mention to it just because it dares to be itself and the theme of reconnection is uh i'm feeling it i'm feeling it it's uh it's mm-hmm. it's it's important um i I think as far as hours put in, I have put more hours and time and love into Hades this year. I have jabbered on about it a lot, but it's not in 1.0. It's still being worked on and it's fine because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, this is the year Devil May Cry 5 was made and created and released Mm. to the world. And it's a big, beautiful party that taps deeply into my childhood psyche and my adult mind. And I love it. So I'm going to give it a little little award right there. Oh boy. So there you go. Got it. There 2019 it is. is at a huge disadvantage <laughs> with 
to that uh sorry 2020 is at a huge disadvantage of you have to somehow beat devil may cry 5 in i excitement mm-hmm. i'm in like i'm i'm like outside of the house in terms of dmc5 that's okay you're in like you're in the fire emblem house just know this like i'm on i'm, I'm on the outside looking in to like how excited you guys are about dmc5 and i'm just like damn this is a lot of hype <laughs> I imagine this situation, Zach, of you are on the sidewalk looking at this house, just lights are going, the music blaring, me and Drew are just partying, you're like, good for those young men, and as you walk on. Yeah, kind of. Well, gentlemen, it has been a lovely two hours talking about this year and hoping for the next one. Here's hoping it's the next, Mm -hmm. here's hoping it's great. Here's hoping that all of our gaming dreams come true and, and everything works out fine. And now... Oh yeah! How many times I, you know, YouTube, in the man? year 2020 do you think you'll hear the phrase "hindsight is 2020"? Ooh. Oh please! Oh no! On that beautiful note, <laughs> ah! on uh-huh. that beautiful note, Zach, is it time oh. for a lesson? Something to something to guide us <laughs> yeah. into this new decade. Hey everybody, it's time now for the lesson of the year. This year's lesson. It never really mattered what game you played this year. What matters is that you enjoyed the time with it. And that's the lesson of the year. Thanks, everybody. Man, that was that was hard hitting, Zach. That was great. It's beautiful, Zach. That's good. That made me. Lord, I hope we. I hope. I hope we haven't used that before. I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> we should get like a Zach supercut of lessons of the day. Uh, listeners, ah. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to us this year. Hope to see you in the next one. Happy holidays. Enjoy yourselves. And we'll be talking to you real soon. If you want to reach out to us for anything, you can always reach us on Twitter, on Facebook, or you can email us directly at teamnitwick at gmail.com. That's team N-I-T-W-I-C at gmail.com. And uh, with that, I've said everything I want to. Uh, what about you guys? Any yeah. final thoughts? Goodbye, 2019. Goodbye, Hell of a year. I, unlike last year, I am really excited about this next coming up year. Mm-hmm. It'll be a really, uh, like, it'll be a fun one. It'll be a fun one. It's going to be, it's going to be wild. <laughs> Anyways. It will be. All right. Signing off, people. Have All a right. good one. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Right. Bye. Done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. Alright, yeah, let's do that again. If they show love, I'ma show it back. If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. Alright, yeah, let's get into it. A lot of things have happened since we last spoke. Like Spanish hopes, half empty, now this glass is broke. And I'm the captain of this crash boat. So when it's time to sink and swim, I always choose to do the backflow. I know that not a lot of humans are as sharp as I am. My modesty's my greatest quality, it's not, I'm lying. I know I'm only just alright with this hard of rhyming. No, I'm not applying myself, in fact, I'm hardly trying. But just imagine what would happen if I stuck to rapping, man. I'd probably have a helicopter and a couple mansions with some guard dogs. And a bunch of fans, they love attacking. Probably not, but it's fun to imagine it, yeah. I can't complain of where I'm at, I'm just happy to be here. I'd be ecstatic if we happen to have a repeat here. Thanks to Pro Leader, I'm rapping the heaters while passing the reefer, man. That's what I call having a breather. If they show love, I'ma show it back. If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot.